Welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. I'm Andrea Vernoy. Oh, I almost no, did it yes, again. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> How? Why? Now you have to explain. Now you have to tell the story. Okay. Oh, well, first off, th- please welcome Miss Brittany Brombacher. <laughs> As she spit takes her whiskey. Don't die. Hi. Hello. Oh no, okay, Brittany's so, dead. Okay, so um, what for... For people who are listening and can't see Brittany freaking out, um, oh, what God, happened was we started recording the show and we made a bunch of flubs. And when I say we, I mean mostly just me, um, made a bunch of just like flubs and we laughed it off. And we're like, let's just keep going. I was like, well, we should really probably restart the recording. And then, uh, blessedly, a technical glitch happened, and we had to restart the recording anyway. <laughs> and thankfully, that glitch happened in the very beginning of the show. Um, but it's one of the first things they teach you at hosting school is to say your name right. Get your name right. It's your name. Don't <laughs> screw it up. So your alter ego is Andrea Renoy. And Andrea, Andrea Renoy yeah. is when Andrea Renee flubs. <laughs> That's what we've come to the conclusion of. Yes. yes. <gasps> Oh my gosh. Uh, but welcome to the show, everybody. If it's your first time here, we hope that you enjoy the next couple of hours of video game talk. Um, it is, of course, Thanksgiving week here in the United States, and we anticipate you listening to this on Black Friday. Maybe you've been out shopping already, or maybe you're listening to this while you're shopping. Maybe you're just shopping from the comfort of your home, because that seems to be the popular thing to do these days. Smart. Uh, we're going to be um, talking about some of our Black Friday memories in the third segment, uh, but because it is Black Friday, Brittany, we decided to do something a little special. You want to tell the folks all about it? Oh, I, w- I would love to. You see, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, if you go to westgoodgames.com slash store, you'll be directed to our beautiful Teespring store where you can buy all sorts of merchandise that goes with this crazy brand of ours, such as baby ass baby mode. We have the what's good games emojis. We have logos. We have nerdy for narrative. We have all sorts of fun things there. And because we love you all so much and my throat is still on fire from drinking that whiskey, I think I inhaled it <laughs> and every single like orifice in my body is now like fuming um you can use and i'm sorry i can't i can't someone has to take this over i gotta drink some water (laughs) this is like the hot pepper Um, challenge i i got you girl um we have decided to do a special discount for a black friday and cyber monday so if you guys have thought hey it's getting a little chilly outside i'd really love to rep a what's good games hoodie or maybe i would love to get that long sleeve holiday tee you can do so for 20 percent off with special promo code funny stuff if you go to again what's good slash store that'll redirect you to our teespring storefront where you can get 20 percent off your order uh from now through the end of day on tuesday november 27th so that'll cover uh cyber monday and then you know an extra day just for good measure 
So if you guys have been holding out on buying some merch, now is a great time. We've added um, some new hoodie styles. We've added a couple new t-shirt styles. Um, and we hope that you guys really like it. And we've been told by Teespring that they are going to be launching some new products, including hats, the much-requested item that we haven't been able to put into our merch store. So um, I don't believe the hats will be live for the sale, unfortunately, but know that we are working on them and they will be coming in the near future. And uh, we've got some other cool stuff planned specifically for our patrons. So if you're part of our amazing community at patreon.com slash what's good games, we're going to give you guys a little extra discount. So in order to get that info and that special code, you have to go again to patreon.com slash what's good games. We'll have a post up there uh, with all those details. So you guys can get yourself a little bit of an extra discount for being a patron and supporting us and helping make what's good games possible. But um, am I crazy? Did you say the code this time? Funny stuff is the code for 20% yeah. off for yeah, yeah, everybody. Yeah. No, yeah. I know. But I was just like, I felt because because we just recorded this intro twice. I'm like, wait, did she say it this time? <laughs> yeah. So that's F-U-N-N-Y-S-T-U-F-F. Funny stuff. All one word is the code you're going to want to use at checkout to get that discount for you guys. So, Rock on. Yay. Do the thing. Get some stuff. Rep it. And please, if you do have What's Good Games merch, we love getting photos of you guys in your merch. Uh, please do send them to us. Um, either email them, contact at whatsgoodgames.com. You can tweet them to us. What's Good underscore games are posted in the Facebook page, in our subreddits, in our Discord. Uh, wherever you guys want to post them, we would love to get them from you. Um, we have three amazing sponsors on the show this week. We've got Four Sigmatic, Quip, and Me Undies. We're going to talk about those in just a little bit. Um, but uh, I feel like I was missing something, but I think I covered it all. We're actually going to talk about Four Sigmatic first, and then we'll be talking about Quip and uh, Me Undies a little bit later on in the show. So you guys have heard us talk about Four Sigmatic before, and we love their products and are happy to uh, tell you guys they are also doing some really cool sales for Black Fridays. So I just want to let you guys know, in case you weren't aware, the holidays can be stressful and exhausting. It's true. (laughs) Especially if you're up late at night traversing the wasteland, robbing trains, or catching Pokemon. That's why it pays to be hashtag on shrooms. Four Sigmatic believes in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, and lion's mane, as well as other superfoods to help us live happier, happier, healthier, more enhanced lives. They make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with a variety of coffees and elixirs, which you can browse at foursigmatic.com slash WGG. Uh, Simon, you're drinking the lemonade right now, aren't you? I finished it, but yes, I had a whole oh. big old glass of it. It's delicious. It's a lemonade actually sounds really nice. Maybe I'll have to get some. Um, all of their products are organic, vegan, gluten free, and instant. But the bottom line is they believe life is better when we're on shrooms every day, <laughs> all day. From November 23rd through the 26th, Four Sigmatic will be hosting their huge annual Black Friday sale. You can get your favorite products for 20 to 50% off. But if you use our special link, foursigmatic.com slash WGG, you'll get an additional 15% off the already discounted prices. You guys, that is up to 65% off these products. If you've been anxious to try Four Sigmatic out, now is the time. So they have quite a few different options on sale from the matcha, the coffees, the lemonades we were just talking about, their blends, elixirs, and their hot cacaos, even though I still call it cocoa because. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's one of my favorite <laughs> products. I, I love the reishi cocoa. Um, it just really mellows me out at night. 
after a long day and I want to unwind before I go to sleep or if I just want to chill out and play some games or watch some TV, the reishi uh, cocoa is delicious and it's so tasty and is perfect for wintertime and fall. Um, as Steimer mentioned, she was just drinking the lemonade. Their single units are 20% off. Their three packs are 20% off. The hot cocoa, like I was talking about, is 20% off. Um, and they have a bunch of sales happening right now. So if you guys want to get on shrooms like we are, you have to go to foursigmatic.com slash WGG. That's four sigmatic. So F O U R S I G M A T I C dot com slash WGG. And you'll get 15% on top of the 20 to 50% discounts that they are running for their Black Friday sale, again, November 23rd through the 26th. So thank you to Four Sigmatic for sponsoring the show. Now I want hot cocoa. Mm. I know. Yeah, especially, like, I want the cocoa that chills me out, man. I wonder if yeah. it would soothe my throat that is still on fire. Oh, my I mean, God. What did you do? Andrew, Andrew tried to kill me, ladies and gentlemen. Did you, you have snort? evidence of the this whiskey? right here? You no, blaming I, this on me? Yeah, it was like mid gulp, and you're like, hey, "It's Brittany Brombacher," and then I gagged on everything, and I died. And now I'm like, living. <laughs> and now I you didn't are know ghost. you got so Talk excited about the sound of your own name. It's okay. <laughs> I thought you loved me. Now you're trying to kill me. It's fine. <laughs> yes, that's how I, I would roll. never try to kill you. You're the best. Um, so we have lots of news to talk about and we're going to try to get through as much of it as possible. Um, the first piece of news is actually old news at this point, but it broke, um, because it broke last Friday after the show posted, but it's too big for us to not mention PlayStation is skipping E3 for the first time in the show's 24 year history. So by now you guys have probably heard about this and heard a bunch of people talking about it. The write-up came from Variety, um, currently riding on record high sales. The PlayStation 4 gaming console won't be hosting its annual press conference or showing at at all during next year's E3 Expo. The news was buried inside the Entertainment Software Association's announcement of the 2019 show uh, that quoted competitors, Nintendo and Microsoft, and then Sony then confirmed their absence in a statement to Variety, saying, as the industry evolves, Sony Interactive Entertainment continues to look for inventive opportunities to engage the community. PlayStation fans mean the world to us, and we always want to innovate, think differently, and experiment with new ways to delight gamers. As a result, we have decided to not participate in E3 in 2019. We are exploring new and familiar ways to engage our community and can't wait to share our plans with you. Um, this is also on the heels of them not having a PlayStation experience in 2018, which was kind of a bummer because I really like PSX. Yeah, but, but it um, made sense. And, and just um, for the record, if you guys are new to the show and haven't heard me disclaim this before, yes, my husband works for PlayStation. Um, no, he did not know about this ahead of time. Oh. He was just as surprised as I was uh, <laughs> when we saw this announcement. Um, so this is really crazy news um, and something I think is an absolute mistake and not the right call. And while they clearly are on top – and should do their own thing. I think not coming to E3 is like, I don't want to use the word catastrophic because I don't think it's that bad, but I think this is pretty bad. What do you I think? I think it's just of? weird. Like it's because I feel weirder for Microsoft, honestly, because also how thirsty is, is Microsoft? Oh, that was so funny. Instantly Wait. took to social media to be like, don't worry guys, we'll be there. Right. Which is like, you should have said nothing. Just yeah. be, be chill no, out. Go get yourself a cup of like reishi cocoa and <laughs> chill out. 
We can't wait to see you on E3 2019. Hashtag Xbox at E3. But like, it's kind of pathetic when you like you can't brag about winning a show that the other person didn't show up to. I I, exactly like so. So no matter what you show now, Microsoft, it's not going to matter in the same way as if PlayStation had been there. So because you have no competition now. Like you just don't. So like it's kind of a weird, lonely show. Yeah. I think it's also funny point. that Nintendo also issued a statement from Reggie Fizame. He said, E3 is an outstanding opportunity for us to share new games and experiences with fans and business partners from across the globe. Every year we discuss what will be the best way for us to take advantage of the next E3 show in order to bring smiles to people's faces. Do you think they're going to do an EA thing and like just be like, we're not at E3, but we are right next to it. Or like we are like right around the corner. We're Nintendo taking over Tom's Urban. It's the <laughs> it's the PlayStation <laughs> building. <laughs> That's a good question. Um... I think that would be smart of them, but I think if you look at the chatter and the social media presence around EA Play compared to what's around E3 specifically, that EA's taken quite a hit there as far as you know what they've been able to do. Now, this past year was a little bit of an exception in the sense that they didn't really have a lot of, you know, like crazy announcements. Right, they showed Battlefield Five, which had already been revealed back at their event in May ahead of E3, and so they didn't really show off anything like earth-shattering there. Um, Anthem has been announced, um, and you know, so they showed off more there. I mean, Command and Conquer Rivals certainly didn't set the world on fire. In fact, a lot of people it did were angry in some way. about it, like the internet. I was going to say it set it on yeah, fire, in a bad but in way. not a good way. Um, <laughs> but they didn't have any really big announcements. Like, obviously, you know. Vince's game that he announced at E3 was exciting, but we didn't even get an asset, like no trailers, no no key art, no concept art even, just a title. The man wore a hat. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what we got. If he had shown some gameplay there or even shown like a teaser trailer, I think that would have been probably the most newsworthy thing of the conference. And so it's hard to compare, but... The reason I think that this is such a mistake, and I talked a little bit about uh, on, on Games Daily, was that I I look at all of the partners that PlayStation works with to put on their show, the features in their booth with hands-on that they show new trailers for. Like, look at the Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2 trailer. That was, like, <clears throat> one of the highlights of their press conference this year, and that's a third-party game. So it's like, well, now you definitely are going to push all of the third-party partners to Xbox, because you have no stage for them. So, and I wonder, because I heard you say that. I'm kind of funny, because that's a very good show, and I do I do appreciate your work you do Thanks. on that show. Maybe you're the best host ever. Um, oh, I think so. You're welcome. I'm not biased or anything. Uh, so, my, my thought with that, though, is we don't know if how... Okay, we don't know how Sony communicated this to their partners. We don't know how this message was spread. Clearly, they're not communicating it to their own staff because your husband did not know about it. Yeah, but they are always... When I worked there, they were not great about that in general. Sure. So what my, I but, wonder, though, yeah. if... Because I don't know how far in advance E3 planning is, but I'm sure people are already thinking about it, obviously. I can't help but think, if Sony was a smart business, that they would have approached their partners way ahead of time and said, hey, just so you know, these are our E3 plans. We're not... <laughs> 
spoiler, we're not having any. We don't have any. Um, but we are planning, because I'm thinking there's going to be another event thrown by Sony that's its own standalone thing. This is a thing we're doing. We will basically, like, come join us. Maybe there's some sort of exclusivity announcement tied in with that. I don't know how the contracts would work, but I don't I can't imagine that all of their partners would just be left in the dust. And now they're like scrambling over to Microsoft. Does that make sense? But it, it's a it, no, but it's a weird point of that. I think Andrea was trying to get to is like a lot of it's not just the conference, right? Like it's the show floor. It's all these things. All of the developers, especially third party tend to build demos building towards this event, right? They, everybody has that same deadline of E3 because it's the same every year. That's what they build for. So I'm curious to see, because obviously PlayStation will have an event. It's probably right. a mishmash of PlayStation experience and E3. Make mm-hmm. a baby. It's a thing. Uh, and But I don't know when they're planning on timing that. And like, even if you do it a little before or a little after, it kind of messes up the timelines. You would have to do it before, because otherwise, the partners would just go to, like Andrea said, would just go to Microsoft. Mm-hmm. But then, if you're pushing up everybody's deadlines in Devland, like that's kind of like you would need to make those plans now. You would need to have discussed this with the teams. You would need to have contracts signed, like um, all that kind imagine, of stuff. I would imagine, right? And I would imagine that again, if they ran this well, they would have known about this far in advance, and they have enough notice to know that. You know, like you're not we're not going to have anything at E3, but we are going to be throwing this huge event because all eyes are on us. Maybe you'll get more hashtag exposure if you come with us. If not, you go, don't worry about it. You can go do go with your you bad self. Go with your bad self. Ideally, like that's what I would like to think happen. But you maybe. Never know. But then this might I mean, I don't know if this is the case, but this might be because Microsoft has been buying all of these studios. They're trying to build up their first party portfolio mm-hmm. in a similar way that PlayStation does. If PlayStation's just like, no, we're going to do our own thing and there will be zero third parties there. We're going to show you how strong our studios are. Ooh. And like, here you go, baby. Like, I don't know. It's a big bet to make, to be quite honest. That but would be cocky. They that, could that be trying be to do it. I mean, they, they do know that they're on top. Like, mm-hmm. I would argue at this point, because the end of the life cycle, they don't have a lot to lose here. This is the gamble, right? Like. Mm-hmm. They can do this now. If it backfires, whoops, we could just, we'll join back up next oh, year. Well. Pretend like this didn't happen. Homer well, Simpson into the bushes. I I like the idea that they could potentially even come back next spring and be like, LOL, JK, we're going to be at E3. And that the ESA would absolutely walk on them with open arms and the yeah. Movie. I mean, they've got a giant gap on the show floor now. Huh. I yeah. mean, I, I, I did love Brian Altano's tweet. Uh, from IGN about Fortnite just taking over the entire so sun hall. Oh my god, if um, they just made it a giant playground inside, that'd be great. They already have the mini golf. I want I want, I a want ball them pit, to do a llama want... petting zoo. And oh. apparently the people at um, Fortnite have actually looked into this, but they said that there was some kind of animal safety regulation oh. that they couldn't get the llamas inside Makes the convention sense. center. What about alpacas? Like, Are they better than llamas? <laughs> They're definitely softer. <laughs> Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I wonder what it would take for Sony to be like, LOL, we're coming back. Sorry, we made that big stink of an announcement, but I I don't think they would have announced it if they weren't sure. No, I agree with you. They never would have. And in regards to like the idea that they didn't tell anybody at the company, they would never. Why would they? They would never announce inside the company this kind of a big announcement because not only would it immediately leak, but um, you don't want to 
instill a sense of panic or even a sense of discussion like hey this is up for discussion it's not it's like this is this has been decided mm-hmm. um and trying to get thousands of people or even hundreds of people to keep a secret until the press release goes like that's just not the way it works um nope. but it's gonna be interesting to see for sure yeah but you know rip Sony's press conference. I, really, I just wonder what this. Well, I wonder what this because, like you know, EA kind of left, and now PlayStation's leaving. I do wonder if E3 will start to dissipate at some point, and like everybody's kind of just running their own thing at separate times. Because the one I love I, E3, but I do. I always have thought it was really stupid that everyone tries to jam pack all of their announcements in like a week. I'm like yeah. maybe, maybe don't maybe let it have some breathing room. Yeah, it's now- not really necessary anymore to have like this once a year conference like this where everyone can do their big news. It's just with social media and the way the internet works these days. And it's just not a necessity. And we're seeing I'm gonna disagree. You know- hmm? I'm going to disagree. Yeah. I'm going to say you're wrong. And I say that because I look at their social media engagements year over year and how there's just more and more because there's more ways to consume and that because there's so much noise on the internet every day something's happening right like every day something big is happening somewhere some celebrities doing something something's happening in politics something's happening around (laughs) the world right that e3 focuses all of the attention on this one week to be like, this is the time to tune in, to make your announcements, to show your new gameplay, to debut your game or debut your studio. Like, this is it because everyone's focused on this week. Whereas throughout the year, it's always hard to know, like, when's the announcement going to be big when it's not? Like, take Nintendo Directs. They're such a crapshoot, right? Like, some directs are going to be huge and amazing, and then some of them are going to be nothing. I think it's just a Nintendo thing, though. I'm yeah, sure. but like that's what people always refer to as E3 diminishing. They're like, look at Nintendo doing its own thing and doing directs, and how a lot of people are want to go to a more direct style method of dissemination of information. And I say, yeah, but I mean, let's for a second put aside that Nintendo has obviously still got a major presence at E3 from the competitive tournaments that they do to the Treehouse Live that they do and everything else. But also like if everybody did what Nintendo was doing, then it would be like we would have to be covering this never ending press release news cycle. And it's bad as it is. So that's basically what it is now. I know, but imagine like if if everybody did their big announcements rolling and like we never knew when it was happening. It would be chaos. No, I I I, agree. I I think to clarify, I don't think E3 is diminishing. I don't think the hype around it is diminishing. I think with social media and, and now it's open to the public, I don't think the popularity is going to die down. What I'm saying is, you know, now that Sony's planning on doing their own thing, they're going to get all of the spotlight. And maybe because Sony's big enough, they can afford to do that. You know, we might, mm-hmm. we're not going to see this from, I think, smaller independent developers, but people like Sony, people, a company like Sony, they, I don't know if they really need E3. And that could just be because of the position they're in at this current part of the generation in 2018. And Andrea, I think like to your point, yes, like the chatter around E3 is very large. However, if you are a person who is a product owner of a specific game and you know it's not one of the three that will be continued to be talked about afterwards, like the chatter might be here, but like your game might be a blip. And I think that's what people are like would be reluctant to sign themselves up for at this point in the game because you can make PR news cycles 
around other parts of the year. Um, and yeah, to your point, it's also, it can be tricky to like figure out that timing and also because you don't necessarily know when everybody else is announcing their shit, i.e. Rockstar, people just get out of the way. I love that they basically, <laughs> they tweet it out and it's not really for consumers. I feel like they do that. So other people in the industry are like, okay, that's your day. Well, we will, you that's got your it. month. You go ahead. <laughs> you fucking yeah. do it. Um, I still disagree with you, but we could talk about this ad nauseum and we have so much other news to get to. Oh, so yeah. we, of course, will keep tabs on what's happening with PlayStation into next year. Um, hopefully they'll announce their plans sooner than later. Uh, keep us on, in the loop, Sony. Let us know, please, <laughs> what's happening. Um, another big revelation this week, Square Enix has finally completed development on Kingdom Hearts 3. It went gold. <laughs> Um, they didn't say gold, Uh-oh, but okay. they said okay. development. <laughs> I had to imagine they've got to be pretty close to gold about a month out. So maybe they're doing just some final bug passes or polish passes before they submit for certification at the end of December. Uh, with the holidays coming up here at the end of the year, I'm not sure how the certification process works, uh, quite frankly. Um, it's a question I can probably ask somebody and then never get an answer to because that's normally the way it works when I email PR about these kinds of things. Um, makes sense. All right. It's, such, it's just the truth. Yeah. I'm like, could you please provide an official comment? Crickets. Um, <laughs> IG, IGN writes up uh, from Nick um, Santagello over there. At long last, Square Enix has finished development in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, on Twitter, um, uh, Nomura-san said, I'm proud to unveil an extended version of the trailer that's been playing in North American cinemas. And guess what? We've wrapped up development on Kingdom Hearts 3. If you haven't had the chance yet, now would be a good time to prep by playing 1.5 plus 2.5 <laughs> and 2.8. See you next month. <laughs> Uh, in the trailer, uh, protagonists Sora, Donald, and Goofy, and more can be seen teaming up and facing off against various Disney heroes, villains from movies like Frozen and Pirates of the Caribbean. Fans have been waiting a long time for Square to finish and release Kingdom Hearts 3. <laughs> How long, you ask? How about 14 years? Oh. That's when Kingdom Hearts 2 released 14 years ago while well, closing in on 14 years. Even if Square did release multiple spinoffs and remasters and more since then. On January 25th, 2019, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One owners will finally be able to purchase Kingdom Hearts 3. I um, so we, could have had this as a child. Like, this could be a baby. I would have been a teen <laughs> mom, but it still could have happened. <laughs> That's the best time. <laughs> It's it's kind of wild to think it's been that long and that they've just been recycling and remixing these games uh, for so many years. Just as a refresher, we tweeted out the definitive way to play the Kingdom Hearts series by Alexa Ray Korea. As you guys all know, if you've been with the show for a while, she was our resident Kingdom Hearts expert. And um, I'm trying to convince her in some way to come on the show to talk about it. But we're trying to get a workaround. But if you guys missed that, uh, definitely fun to take that trip down memory lane and watch that video. Um, But she told me I've got 70 days to get caught up and i was like oh, i don't think oh, i'm gonna oh. make it just like no, real just talk watch it's not the gonna happen on the internet it's fine I, I am very happy for all kingdom hearts fans however that's also the day resident evil 2 remake comes out so I we just, all know where you're going yeah i'm gonna be in raccoon city bitches oh <laughs> fair <laughs> um, i'm well definitely gonna be. try this out mostly because yeah. i love disney i don't know anything about sora 
I am going to watch, um, as somebody recommended, a good recommendation to watch the game trailers timeline of this. A uh, really fantastic series from Legacy mm-hmm. Game Trailer Days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if I'm going to go back and play any of these. No, you're ones, not. Just no, you're not. Quite honestly. You're 100% not. Honest here. No. I got too much else to play. Um, but this is exciting. So I, I believe they're probably going to actually stick to their release date then. Wow. If they've, uh, if they've finished. Um, fingers crossed. Um, all right. Next story. Valve pulls the plug on Steam Link hardware. Link. This write-up is from Eurogamer. They've discontinued its Steam Link hardware, the device that lets you stream PC games onto your TV. European stock of the gadget has already sold out. And Valve said last night the U.S. supply is almost gone too and no more will be made. So if you want to get your Steam Link, now's the time. It's a little surprising to see the Steam Link hardware called. The box was still receiving new features as recently as last month when the ability was added to stream simultaneously to multiple devices and use Android phones as a touchscreen input. But Steam Link has never become a mainstream product despite Valve's best attempts to make it affordable via regular deep discounts. And in the past six months, Valve has been focusing on Steam Link software to do the same job for iOS and Android devices. It's these options Valve will continue to work on without having the need to manufacture further Steam Link boxes. Moving forward, this is a quote here, Valve intends to, to continue supporting the existing Steam Link hardware as well as distribution of the software versions of Steam Link, available for many leading smartphones, tablets, and televisions. Digital Foundry tested the Steam Link app for iOS and Android earlier this year. At that point, it still needed a little more work to be reliable as its hardware offering. So I vividly remember... Being at CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, when Gabe Newell debuted this hardware and they showed off the prototype of the controller with the weird touchpad on the left hand side and it like everybody got super excited. Everyone was like, oh my gosh, Steam is making a console. And then I was like, wait, this isn't a console. This is basically just like a mini PC outside your pc and then people were like wait what is this and who is this for <laughs> is that the controller uh, that looks like the boobies uh yes that's right i remember that i never vividly. thought it looked like boobies until just now <laughs> but now that you totally looks it, like yes, boobies does. I, um, <laughs> and so it was yeah no go ahead Brittany. Oh, i was gonna say i saw this story in the show notes and i actually went to steam and bought a steam link and right now it's currently 95 percent off so you can get one for two dollars and fifty cents what wait what yeah or if you want to get a Steam controller and the Steam Link, you can get both for thirty five sixty one. Did you get the controller? I, did. I want the inverted boobies. Well, holy <laughs> crap! Two dollars and fifty cents. Yeah, they so really want to get rid of them. We're currently recording this on a Tuesday, so I don't know by the time this releases if it still will be. It'll definitely be sold out right. by then. Um, but yeah, so you can currently get it for two dollars and fifty cents. And I saw this, and this is something that. I have needed when I played Divinity Original Sin 2 when it originally came out on Steam. I brought my laptop upstairs and I had it plugged into the system with an HDMI cable and blah, blah, blah. This would have been much, much better. So I'm excited. Yeah, it was interesting how diverse the Steam Link competitors became. And obviously, some people are still offering them. But when it finally was released, we saw a variety of different Steam Link esque type PC console boxes. And obviously they provide great functionality for people who do extensive PC gaming. I didn't want to be as reductive as I intended to be with my first comment about being like, what's what's the point of the Steam Link anyway? But clearly if it's not selling, right. 
it's not selling. It was a failed experiment because the market that they were targeting were people like you, Brittany, that is such a niche market that there was never going to be a mass market penetration as to like selling millions or even tens of millions of these boxes. Yes, exactly. I knew as soon as I used the word penetration um, that the pillow would come out. And so like, because people like me who are diehard console players that can play on PC, but I just choose not to because I enjoy my console experience and the plug and play of it where I can do my updates and like, I don't have to do anything except hit the download button on the updates. And even if I set my console to automatic, I don't have to do anything. Um, that I was like, who is this for? Especially with the cost associated with a lot of these boxes that they're not, you're not walking in to like an alienware box for like two forty nine ninety nine. You know, mm-hmm. most of them were in $500 or more. So my understanding right now is that this is not available for iOS because it, it was approved. And then Apple said this goes against some security measures. So it's currently not available. It's only available on Android and Google Android TVs, I believe, because the, the problem people have and the reason why I think the Steam Link, that's why I bought it, is because you can obviously have it on your phone. But if you want to play it on your TV, you have to have, I don't know, a dongle or something that plugs into your phone that plugs into your TV. And that sounds like a big old pain in the ass. And uh, mm. I, Double I dongles. Double dongle. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess, yeah, it, I guess this makes sense. But it does seem kind of odd that they would discontinue this if because then the only way you can play these without doing the weird dongle thingamajig is to have something connected to your phone that can connect to your TV. Unless people are purely happy, super happy just playing on their phone alone, which maybe they are. I'm not super in touch with that crowd. I do not know. I do not know either. It also, was Simon, not for me. Simon, you have Nor frozen, it... and you are beautiful. Oh, no, I see. Yeah, I see that my screen has gone black for some reason, but I don't know why. Oh, and you're frozen. The face that you have. <laughs> Wait, can you hear me? Is Yes. Yes, okay. we can hear you. Okay. Uh, your face is just frozen. Um, is the most like impressed. It's, it's no, like... I think the camera legit died because the it's black on my screen. And the light from the Logitech is gone. Uh oh. So I, I think Brittany is taking a photo. Don't worry, I can screencast. I think too. Um, we might need to put up a a, a Microsoft Paint image of done. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you saying that the 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 Brio like straight up died? I don't. The light's gone. The light has died inside of it, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! So if you are watching at youtube.com slash what's good games, lo siento, uh, but at least the audio friends can listen to Simon's voice. It's like I'm, she's still there. How how bad do I look? You look very it's thin. Not, it's the most Steimer like It's not that. It's like, it's like, unimpressed is one word. You kind of look... It's my resting bitch face? No, no, you don't look mean. You almost look a little bit sad. Oh, great. It's, Love it. It's, it's like... Almost like like after a sigh where you're like, what am I doing with these fools? <laughs> what do I do? Oh, I just dear. messaged it to you, Simon. This is definitely oh meme worthy. I do look sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Oh, well, what fine. do we do now, friends? Do we take think, a break I and think fix let's this? just finish this segment with my face frozen in that weird way, and then we'll fix it at the break. It's pretty good. This is amazing. Okay, so <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, apologies. You get sad. <laughs> it's more like disappointed. <laughs> yeah, 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 right? Yeah, the disappointed. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm disappointed face. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Okay, so moving on to the next story. <laughs> um, we'll pour one out for the Steam link. Um, Skybound updates the Walking Dead final season episode release dates. So this write-up comes from Shack News. Skybound, who stepped in to complete the Walking Dead episodic saga after the closure of Telltale Games, has published an update on the remaining two episodes. The series is coming still, and the company has recruited recruited original Telltale Games members to complete the final season. The official statement from the Skybound blog post reads... Thank you for your patience while we worked with Telltale to take control of Telltale's The Walking Dead. It's been a ton of work logistically and legally to get us to a place where we are able to roll up our sleeves and get to the actual work. After Telltale shut its doors, the game was unfortunately unable to be worked on and hence the release dates of Episode 3 and 4 have been delayed. But we're excited to let you know that many of the talented, passionate team members who originally worked on the game are resuming development efforts today. Soon we will be announcing release dates for the two remaining episodes. It's likely that the previous seasons of the game may be Unavailable to purchase for a few days as we transition, but don't panic. We'll have everything back online ASAP. If you've already purchased Season 4, you will not have to pay again. Future episodes will be available to download as soon as they are released via your original point of purchase. Um, the assets for Telltale Games properties have and will likely continue to exchange hands as the company liquidates with an assist from Sherwood Partners, but it looks like it won't further hold up Skybound's efforts to finish the saga of Clementine in The Walking Dead, the final season. So this is great news to hear and so glad that Skybound stepped in to make sure that the final season gets finished. Of course, we don't need to rehash everything that went down with Telltale and their ceremonious uh, <laughs> closing super abruptly and kind of leaving not only fans of the game and people who purchased in the lurch, but obviously all of the developers who had been working on all of their titles as well. So um, good work, Skybound, for, for stepping in and making sure it got taken care of and was done right. Cheers! Yeah. Also, Steimer's sad face, man. It's, it's I mean, fucking I'm, just, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Ah, that's even worse, though. Exactly. God. Disappointment is so much worse than anger. Um, so not much more to say there. Um, once we get release dates, we'll update you guys on that. But uh, for now, the good news is that, yes, uh, Skybound has taken over development. Yes, they are working on it, and they will have release dates soon. This year, not probably going to happen, which they originally said that they were going to try to release that something this year. I think that's definitely getting pushed to next year. Yeah. Um, There's holidays. Next story. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Take some time off. Relax. Nintendo says an N64 classic isn't coming anytime soon. If you were hoping that Nintendo would follow its NES classic and SNES classic with a miniaturized version of the Nintendo 64... Reggie Fizeme, president of Nintendo of America, has some bad news. <laughs> in an interview with Kotaku, Fizeme said that a Nintendo 64 classic is, quote, not in our planning horizon. Normally, a response like that could be interpreted as a soft deflection that Nintendo has not announced such a project and has no plans to reveal one during an interview ostensibly held to promote the company's holiday lineup. Nintendo could, of course, still release an N64 classic at any time beyond its planning horizon, but Fizeme explained why the company may not trot out a third mini version of one of its consoles. He said... We were clear when we did the first two classic series that for us, these were limited time opportunities that were a way for us as biz, biz <clears throat> that were a way for us as a business to bridge from the conclusion of the Wii U as a hardware system to the launch of the Nintendo Switch. That was a very strategic reason we launched the NES Classic system. Wait, what? 
Oh, yeah. So essentially what he's saying is that they launched the NES Classic to distract you from how terrible the Wii was Basically, doing. Basically, yes. was doing. Exactly it. To be like, like, just, just yeah, forget about the look, Wii U. Look at our better days. Remember, everybody loved us back in the NES Remember days. Remember when we were good? Oh. We're about to be good again. Oh. No, hey, I really like the Switch, but the Wii U was a failure. <laughs> no, no, you're totally yeah, right. It, it I was. just awed before you followed up. I prematurely ah, yes. awed. Odd. prematurely odd um nintendo has started rolling out the classic nes games on a monthly basis in the nintendo switch online subscription service and fisa may said that nintendo switch online is where nintendo fans should look for that kind of retro content <coughs> in the future so Whoa, while there may that be <laughs> that was a grunt of disappointment Oh, sounded like a weird Well, there may be hints that an N64 Classic is coming. The success of the NES and SNES Classic make another mini console seem like a no-brainer. It may not actually happen anytime soon. Cool. So, yeah, this, I mean, the N64 Classic is coming. I think there are some, I'm just calling it, I think there are some hurdles Nintendo's facing. One that you're seeing from a lot of folks, and this is very valid, the controller is just wonky as hell. That's not like an easy thing to manufacture. That's not a thing to ship. Also, I think Nintendo has to take their time with this because they have certain licenses for certain games that they should absolutely have on an N64 Classic. GoldenEye, uh, um, Banjo-Kazooie, rare games that are rare is not owned by Microsoft, and I'm sure that's not an easy license to acquire. And shipping an N64 Classic without games like that, it's totally doable, but I think there would be a lot of eyebrows raised and like a lot of what the heck, sirs, what are you doing, sirs and ma'ams? So, well, we've... We've seen Microsoft and Nintendo working very closely together to launch crossplay between Nintendo yeah. Switch and Xbox One. So, hopefully, if they're working together now, that relationship will just continue to blossom and we'll see them work out their royalties deals and we'll get the uh, the mini N64 at some point in the future. Absolutely. They're besties now. Just wait till next gen. They're going to turn savage on each other. That sounds right. Oh, no. That sounds right. That sounds bad. <laughs> Um, and lastly, in the news, CBS announces the first ever Network Gamers Choice Awards. So this kind of came out of nowhere. I've been trying to figure out who's involved and what this is. So um, let me just read a little bit from the press release. Um, and Game Informer did a write-up about this as well. CBS has thrown its hat into the ring of year end-of-the-year video game awards, announcing it will air the Gamer's Choice Awards December 9th on CBS and the CBS Sports Network. Hosted by Carrie Keegan and director of Twitch Studios' Marcus DJ Week Graham, the hour-long awards show will honor the winners of a a number of categories, all of which are voted on by the users. Uh, worth noting, the Gamers Choice Awards is being produced by the same people that produce the Teen Choice Awards, which you've probably heard of and maybe watched. So I did. We're not going to go through. Uh, Steimer actually. Went I went there. to the show. It was really did strange. You have a good time? I felt very old, but the production was quite <laughs> good. Well, it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen here. Um, I don't have the rest of the uh, press release, Brittany. If you do, I'm going to pull that up right now because that's what um, I'm doing. And here okay, we go. so it says here the GCA show is the first and only network televised award show because they can say that because. Previously, the video game awards were on Spike TV, and that's not considered network TV. It's I was wondering cable. about that. Oh. So that's why they can get away with that, because this is on CBS. 
Um, and I was like, I had to, I had to take a pause myself and be like, I don't know, man, the, the video game awards lasted for a really long time. Um, so an unprecedented 12 network hours across CBS and CBS Sports Network will focus on the GCAs. Now that is wild to think about 12 hours of network. But if you think about what CBS runs during the daytime, on the weekends, if you've never tuned in, it's not exactly the most riveting content you've ever watched in your life. <laughs> right. And they, so as they go on, to, I'm sure you'll continue to read it, but like they're breaking it up into pre-shows too. The, right. So, so the, um, they will have the, of course, the telecast on December 9th, which will air after the, um, Sunday night football. I believe. Mm -hmm. No, after the football game that's on in the afternoon. Right. So that usually wraps around 4 o'clock. And I believe they said it's going to be from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern time, immediately following the NFL game on Sunday. And then they're going to have the GCA preview show, which airs on um, – They have two two dates for it. it. Yeah. So it aired already on the on the 18th. And then the other date I don't see here. Fans can vote for their favorites at gamerschoice.tv now through November 27th. That's the only other date I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't see when the 12 hours of network it says, content is well, It happening. says today a number of nominees were announced and profiled on CBS on the first of two GCA nomination preview shows. So it already happened. Right? Oh. So the like, first one these two already November. happened. So the first one happened the 17th and then the second one happened the 18th. Yes. And then the actual show is December 9th. That's right. This is a very this confusing is, press this release. This whole thing is just weird. Because first off, if you're going to have something on network TV, why wouldn't you tell people ahead of time yeah. when exactly it's going to be so people can tune in? That's the whole point of being on a broadcast network. Um, so this is really kind of a head scratcher. And the categories are just a little mind-boggling. I believe somebody tallied them for 49 total categories, which is wild. And the and the nominees range from 5 to 10 nominees. I mean, they had six hours each day to go through these, so they <laughs> needed to pad it out as much as they, possible. Right? And they did have some in there that I wish the Game Awards would have, like we talked about, like gaming moment of the year. I thought that was a good one. That would, you know, what, what's something yeah, that happened... Right. Well, they have esports moment of the year, but they don't have gaming. Right, moment like of the like year. Drake and Ninja. Like that would be something fun to to think about and reflect on. But some of these are just like favorite favorite celebrity gamer out, out of musicians and athletes and actors are all separate categories. Favorite fan favorite retro character: Mario, Link, Donkey Kong, Pac Man, Bomberman, Bonk, Mega Man, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Samus. Also, wait, I'm going to stop you right yeah. there. Under favorite celebrity gamer actor, they have Olivia Munn, which is bullshit because she specifically came out and talked about how she didn't want to be part of this community. Oh. I mean, they so, probably were like she was on G4. Put her in there. And I'm not saying that she doesn't play games now, but like, are you kidding me right now? And because Mila Kunis talked about playing World of Warcraft on Jimmy Fallon or whatever late night talk show, yeah. I'm like, there are way better celebrity game why is chrissy teigen not on this oh my god chrissy teigen would have been amazing (laughs) i mean like come on are you kidding me right now she she tweets about games all the time so even lady gaga just tweeted about bayonetta 
I'm like, what? I want to know. At least Henry Cavill's on there. Granted, we didn't watch the pre-show, so I don't know how this was nominated. But the fact that none of us who, you know, our job is to pay attention to this industry had heard about this, I think speaks volumes. They also have a category called Most Desired Franchise Resurrection, Half-Life, F-Zero, Banjo-Kazooie, Earthbound, hell yes. Chrono Trigger, Knights of the Republic, and Jet Set Radio. A lot of these categories are just kind of like a one and done. You can't really vote on this again next year. I mean, you can, but it's not relevant. So it just seems like it's... Yeah, it doesn't change. Oddly thrown and strewn together. Not to mention Red Dead Redemption 2 is only on this under gaming moment of the year when it had the biggest opening weekend of any entertainment property. It's not for like game of the year or anything like that. Yeah. So I don't know who's doing the nominee, the nomination process. Yeah. Um, I can't find it that. It didn't even make it on fan favorite game. <laughs> no, which is like, it's crazy. How is, how is Red Dead Redemption 2 not up for fan favorites? I mean, people are saying that maybe this has to do with a, a submission deadline, but I would say Red Dead Redemption 2 came out at the end of October. Right. When the heck was your submission deadline? And it's not like, I don't like, want to sound like I'm shitting all over this. Because the fir- I have to admit, the first time I read through this, I, I was really salty about it. And I don't really know why. I think it maybe it's because I feel like this is going to be on network TV. And I, I'm worried. And this I don't want to discredit the work people are doing on this. But I'm worried that it's just going to be an inaccurate representation of the industry and what it's capable of. Whereas I feel like if you look at something like Jeff's putting on the Game Awards... That's like super duper serial and top quality content. Obviously, I'm speaking before I've actually seen this, and that's not fair. But that those are my th- my thoughts and feelings. No, I mean that's that's a those are fair thoughts and, and feelings. I think that my plea to anybody who's listening or watching is to say, do you work for the company that runs the Gamers Choice Awards? We would love to help you. Run the Gamers Choice Awards. If you need assistance <laughs> picking categories, doing nominations, like we are here for you. If you have any questions, help whatsoever. us help you. Yes, exactly. Maybe don't ever put in a category called favorite retro character because that's not something that changes year to year. You know? Also, like, like Mario also still Bonk technically- from Bonk's Adventure. Are you kidding me right now? Up against Link, Mario, Pac-Man, and Mega Man? Sonic? Samus? Who is Bonk? (laughs) He's the only truly retro one because all the other ones have come back. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Actually, that's a good zing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think... For me, this is like a big, um, and the reason why we're not going to cover it the way that we're coming to, covering the Game Awards is two reasons. One, obviously, we're a part of the voting jury of the Game Awards. We have a vested interest in covering the Game Awards. Um, I've worked closely with Jeff Keeley and the Game Awards in the last two years, being uh, the host of the Backstage Live Lounge and doing interviews with winners and nominees. And also... Um, Jeff Keeley has cemented himself as an industry-leading expert in video game presentation in this type of entertainment format. I don't think that anybody is disputing that he is the best person to be the executive producer for this type of a show. Not to mention his, like you're saying, we're going to be getting announcements as well during a show like this. Like the industry's paying attention to this. This is something significant. And so it just makes you wonder why and what are you trying to accomplish? Yeah, I don't, I haven't heard from any of my 
friends that work in development or publishing about their involvement in the Gamer's Choice Awards. If we're going to get new trailers, if we're going to get gameplay, I have to imagine we're not. I have to imagine there's going to be a lot of um, mainstream entertainment integrations, TV shows that obviously are on CBS, um, potentially movies and other things like that. Um, I would be really curious if a publisher decided to hold back a trailer from the Game Awards to put it into the Gamer's Choice Awards. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's going to happen. No. No. But they're two days after each other. So the Game Awards are on Thursday, December 6th, and the Gamer's Choice Awards are on Sunday, December 9th. Ha. It's going to be I wonder weird. if I can get a ticket to go see that. I know. You should go. <laughs> so, real quick question. I don't follow the Hollywood scene, but is there something like this in Hollywood with film and television where – you can win multiple awards for the same thing from different shows. Yeah, yeah of course. We, yeah. Look at the I, I, like. Look at the SAG Awards, the Golden Globes, the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. So, so like back yeah. to back, like this within a few days of each other. Because I feel like within a few days, no. Generally, during movie awards season, they're spaced out by weeks, if not months. Oh, okay. Um. So this is this is definitely unorthodox that the awards are this close. Every once in a while, you'll get the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes that really butt up against each other and get really close. Um, but they have been doing that for decades, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different than this. This because and those aren't fan voted, right? Those are all peer voted or they're critic voted awards. Whereas this is completely fan voted. Mm-hmm. And what's weird about it is that I don't know anybody outside of people that are hearing about this through people like us that are going to be voting in this. I would be really, really interested to know how many votes they get, how many votes are tallied. Because Jeff obviously has opened up the Game Awards to public voting, too. The public vote is weighted, but it still factors in. Mm -hmm. You can vote on all the categories. And he said that... There are more votes now than ever before. Like people voted early and people are voting more often and that more people have voted than have ever voted in the Game Awards before. Also, I like so. that in most anticipated game, the Elder Scrolls 6 is an option next to games like Kingdom what? Hearts 3. <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? No. I didn't even look at that. The most anticipated game, The Last of Us 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, Elder Scrolls 6, Death Stranding, Cyberpunk, Sekiro, Rage 2, Days Gone, Anthem, and The Division 2. Also, Resident Evil 2, where are you at? What happened here? I can't. That's I, crazy that they put Elder Scrolls when I that's know. like not even a fucking. Elder Scrolls is anything. like five years away. Yeah. <laughs> okay, sorry. We're done shitting on this. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, we're not. I'm not. I'm not trying to shit no. on it. I'm just trying to understand. Here we go. Simon's not, not mad. She's just Help disappointed. Me. I'm just disappointed. Help you. <laughs> I'm just perpetually disappointed. <laughs> um, exactly. Also, I sometimes I forget that you're frozen, and I'll look up at you, and then you'll just be in that face, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's my face. <laughs> okay, um, that is going to wrap up the news for this week. And we thank you guys for hanging in there with us. Um, And we are going to take a quick break so that we can get Steimer's camera (laughs) fixed. And when we come back, we are going to be talking about what we've been playing. So stick with us. We'll see you guys in a minute.
Welcome back, everybody. It's segment two of the What's Good Games podcast. And this segment, Hands-On Impressions, is brought to you this week by Quip. When you think of the perfect gift, and you probably are gift shopping because it's Black Friday weekend, you probably don't think of an electric toothbrush. But the Quip electric toothbrush is one of the most gift-guided gifts of the season, and here's why. It's perfect for everybody with a mouth. And it's something <laughs> they'll use twice every day. Quip makes holiday travels clean and easy with a multi-use cover that mounts to mirrors and unmounts to slide over the bristles for on-the-go brushing. It doesn't require a clunky charger and runs for three months on one charge. Quip is the gift that keeps refreshing. With brush heads automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. And you can even gift prepaid refills for a year to make sure they're never using old, worn-out, or ineffective bristles. I really enjoy my Quip because it's so easy to use in the sense that when you're traveling on the go, taking a toothbrush and keeping it clean can sometimes be a little challenging, especially if you don't get yourself a really good toothbrush cover. You don't want to use the cheap ones that the hotel gives you for free. You want to use the ones with the soft silicone bristles that vibrates oh so gently and lets you know every 30 seconds when you're supposed to move to the different side of your mouth. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> that was so good. I'm speechless. I, I, I feel I'm speechless. Like you just gave a little poem for our quip friends there. <laughs> I don't know if it actually had any. It wasn't. Rhythm it wasn't a poem, but it was very it. poetic. I suppose <laughs> that's. Thank you, Steimer. That's a perfect way of putting it. Um, I have the silver metallic one. Steimer has the really cool bronze colored one. It's but copper. You have the silver one yeah, too, right? I have the silver one. It's copper. Um, and so they have a variety of different colors and styles for every person in your life with a mouth. Hopefully, they all have mouths. Um, and that's just some of the reasons why we love Quip. And why they have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews. It looks like a big ticket tech gift with a stocking stuffer price. Starting at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash what's good, right now you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. But you don't have to tell your giftee that. It'll be our little secret. Wink. That's getquip.com slash what's good. G-E-T-Q-U-I-P.com slash what's good to get your first refill pack for free. Everybody needs a clean mouth. Mm -hmm. I hope so. Yes. It's a good thing to have. Especially especially after cat treats. Not true. Oh, yeah. We did eat cat treats. Oh, yes. Uh, You can uh, tell that story, Steimer. I mean, there's not much to tell. It's not clickbait. It's what it sounds like. There was alcohol involved. (laughs) There, We were a little drunk. We decided for some reason to try the cat treats. Because they weren't eating them. And yes. we were not happy we were with like, that. This is not okay. But then, you know, I understood why they weren't after. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, you would want to go brush your teeth real quick. <laughs> with the Quip toothbrush. With the Get quip. that cat treat taste out of your mouth. Yes. Very good for that. Um, for the record, we're not endorsing that you eat cat treats. No. Um, just say if it happens we're to just happen. that we did it. <laughs> yeah. If it comes about. <laughs> just know that we did it. We've walked that road. We've walked that path. Exactly. Um, it looks like we have a Dear WGG question from Miss Molly that says, uh, what the heck is Fallout 76? Are you excited for a different kind of Fallout or bummed that it's not the traditional kind? I'm intrigued. Also, I may be too late, but oh well, next so time. So she actually submitted this question back in May. So now, 
that it's wait what really yeah because that wait they hadn't even announced it yet had they i thought it was yeah remember it was uh uh teased and then jason schreier was telling everyone this is not the follow game and they did a live stream and then they announced it was some weird thing that no one knew what it was in fact still no one knows really what it is six months later <laughs> zing um <laughs> and it's out so you've been you've been playing it Britt. we talked yeah. a little bit uh, about it very very briefly last week um mostly just to be like we're gonna talk about this next week um so how has your time in the wasteland been you know i have to say i'm having a lot of fun with it it's with proper expectations um you know this game is buggy there are instances where i'll come across a scorch i think it's called scorched one of the the bad dudes in the game and i shoot them and nothing happens i'll you know they'll take no damage i'll walk into a room and they're all in their character model stance with their arms out to the side because they haven't rendered their animations yet but i'm playing it with jason and we are both i mean i've played skyrim and, and some other elder scrolls games and i played fallout for maybe 10 to 15 hours fallout 4 so i'm not super duper familiar with this series and nor do i have some sort of attachment to it so to me fallout 76 is the first time i've really truly experienced a follow game and now i know this is sort of a shell of what a fallout experience usually is according to all the very angry people on the internet but that might make my impression of this game better than what it would be if i was a diehard fallout game so with all that said we're having a lot of fun you know it you you get to run around there are quests you can do events you can do there's tons of loot we're building the campsite we're doing are the you missions. not finding like are people not interfering with you you're not getting griefed no so we're level so pvp unlocks at level five we're both level nine or ten right now and how it works is that if you are attacked by another player and you do not engage the damage they deal to you is cut in half so it takes longer for them to kill you Uh, and you can also turn on pacifist mode which tells other players like hey i'm not interested in pvp now whether or not that refrains people from actually attacking me yet to be seen but i have not been griefed i have not been shot at i have not had any negative interactions with character with other players as of yet and the map well that's that's good to hear because i watched john go through his create a character while while you're still in the vault Mm -hmm. and somebody else was in the vault which i didn't think anybody else could be in the vault while you're in the vault creating your character were you listening to them creating their character (laughs) No, they were literally like you could you could hear the character like grunting as they were just like hitting him over and over again. Oh, that's weird because like they I were trying cr- to kill him as soon as he spawned. Basically, that's, you can't right. do that when you're less than level five. So he couldn't have killed John. But right, but like they right. were just they were just kept hitting him not, over and over not again a good just like for the fun of it. No. no. So when I was creating my character, there's obviously someone in the vault or something also creating their character, and it was really funny. Because I was hearing this person chatting with someone else, saying, like, how big is my nose? What color are my eyes? Am I, does, I don't, my hair doesn't look like that. It was, maybe they didn't realize that proximity chat was on. Exactly. So that was super duper funny. Ooh, uh, that went on be for careful about, what you say. That went on for about <laughs> 20 minutes. And Jason and I were laughing very, very hard at that. Um, the Wasteland is watching you. Wasteland is watching. But no, it, it's fun. You know, right? it, I think this game will be much better. Obviously, there's a 50 gig patch, I think, incoming pretty soon. Maybe that came out today. It's it's now. Yeah. yeah for over 47 gigabytes. Woof. That is a whopper of a patch. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, it's not as broken as I expected it to be. It's functional. I'm having a good time with it. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Raise your hand, girl. Brittany. Yo. 
How much does this game retail for? Uh, you know, that's a, that's a very sixty dollars. Can you tell me what you uh, just said again? It's um, sixty. Not as no, no. It's not as broken as you expected it to be for a sixty dollar game. This is not an early access game, correct? You are you are absolutely one hundred percent correct, and mm. I'm glad you brought okay. this up because just, full, check, just checking full disclosure. Bethesda <laughs> did send me a review copy of this, so I did not spend my hard earned sixty dollars. Not only on that, they sent you some fancy ass jersey shit. Oh yeah, I got I got a customized Xbox One. You got some jerseys. real fancy. You got an Xbox and a controller. You got an awesome helmet thing. Powers. Yeah, but I can't use that helmet. You can actually um, use the controller. Yes, I got nothing. <laughs> Tyra's like, um, excuse Hello? me, bitches. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's, again, why people are very upset. I didn't watch the video, but apparently there's a video going viral of a man trying to return his copy of Fallout 76 at a GameStop. Have you seen or heard of this video? And he, like, destro- no. destroyed stuff in the store. I didn't watch it, but it's going viral. Anyway, well, people seems- are not happy. No, that's, like an overreaction. No, that's unnecessary. The GameStop didn't make the It was game. the return policy that he was upset about. He wanted to return it for full price, get his full money back, and they're that's like, out. no, that's not... That's not, That's how, not how this works. Right. So, again, do your research on it. If you're on the fence, look into it. Look at all the things wrong with it and decide whether or not you feel like you're ready to spend the $60 now or wait from the patch and then spend the $60. If you're in it for the long haul and you know you're going to play this regardless, go ahead. But just know you're not getting a very polished experience <laughs> at all. Like Sam said. I think that that's unacceptable sure. from a publisher like Bethesda. I think we all agree that a certain amount of bugs happen to a game at launch, particularly an open world game is going to have more bugs than the average bear. But the extensive reports that I've read from multiple sources with supporting video evidence of just how broken this game is. Also, a game that's finished at launch doesn't need a 47 gigabyte patch. Um, to me, is just like I. I think Bethesda, without question, should have delayed the launch of this 100%. game. One hundred percent. Or they should have launched it into a discounted early yeah. access, or even a free early access. Uh, I saw the extensive write up from both Digital Foundry and Game or Eurogamer about this, and like Digital Foundry's findings were were not good at all. And um, the idea that they're selling expensive in-game cosmetics mm-hmm. um, at at launch when it's broken, you guys know I have no problem with microtransactions for cosmetics. Like I bought me my beautiful Pegasus in Assassin's Creed Odyssey and never thought twice about it. Um, but that game wasn't broken when it launched. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it's, it was. It had a couple bugs yeah, here and there, of it's course, not a good but look. like it wasn't busted it's not a good look and i think with bethesda games you know you just kind of experience you you expect a few bugs like in skyrim but you don't expect this and i agree i'm really glad you brought this up because while i am having a good time with it and i haven't experienced anything game breaking or anything that's maybe rage quit and turn it off i know a lot of people have and maybe i'm just really lucky with my experience thus far but just know what you're buying when you buy this game it's not the fallout that you've come to know and love is something vastly different, something that needs a lot of work. So just, you know, consumer beware, buyer beware. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would probably suggest, unless you are a diehard fallout enthusiast that's willing to accept all of these things, like this is a wait for it to go in the sale bin 
kind of a game or wait for, for them sure, to because- like beef up their offerings like see right. what they do with it see how they support it over the next coming months uh and then make your purchase decision then but yeah this is not a game that i i really don't honestly even plan on playing it because they didn't send me a copy but also like i just not eh, i don't know i'm not that interested to be quite honest so it's I had fully intended on playing this game, but with so many other amazing games out in this time window, I just can't justify using my time to play this game that I know is going to be better to play in six months than it is to play today. Like today, Red Dead Redemption 2 is an amazing game to play, as is Assassin's Creed or Spider-Man or Tetris Effect, you know, like, or a variety of other games. I mean, shit, man, you can just keep playing Fortnite if that's your thing, because that game just keep is on flossing. well supported. <laughs> it's um, it's just disappointing knowing the stellar reputation that Todd Howard and his team at Bethesda Game Studios has that they would allow something like this to go out the door, um, so under the level of quality that we expect from their studio and it's it's kind of kind of tragic i recently went to the metacritic because somebody was like i don't see any fallout 76 reviews and i was like well they're gonna come rolling in late because it's an online game much like the destiny 2 reviews were rolling because it's it's an online game and but even when i looked up i it was it was bleak it was a 56 metacritic rated game which is horrific yeah Yeah, yeah. it just puzzles me because i don't i don't understand why they kind of tried to do what they did with fallout 4 for this because this is a different beast this is not a single player game so like the fact that they came out on stage they said here is the date it's a hard date basically like this isn't moving and our beta is a month before i was like ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I know you raise that flag timer right away. <laughs> I'm like, um, do you want to rethink this decision? Maybe, just possibly. I don't know. Like, not yeah. an expert, but maybe. Uh, and now here we are, and I'm like, yeah, why did no one pivot? Like, why were you not like, you know what? We should probably build in a few betas. We should feel like, or like you said, this is an early access thing. Buy it for $20 and help us grow. And figure out what you want this to be with us. That would yeah. be totally acceptable. People would be down. There would be no ill will, I would think, from anybody in the community. They'd be like, oh, cool. I get to help you shape whatever the future of Fallout 76 is. But when you buy Absolutely. a full price retail game, I'm expecting you to have made that for me. Yeah. No, you're. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, playing it, I see the potential. I see the amount of care and detail that went into certain parts of this game so it's like it's on the right track but it just released way too early for that price tag and yeah it's unfortunate well hopefully it gets better i eventually want to go play this game but not right now. here's what i'll (laughs) say for it a rare positive spin from me Ooh, (laughs) fortnite launched at 60 dollars right wasn't nope. it? Yeah, I remember buying Save the World, buying that game. You bought that game last summer. Not not, not last For summer. Save the World? 
But didn't that $60 come with a bunch of in-game currency? But like, I Did, remember like, being like, this is a wasn't? weird thing because you just buy this game. Let me look this up. And then they hard pivoted to going free to play with uh, the full um, version of Fortnite is not free and cost around $42 now. But at launch, I'm pretty right. sure it was full price. Sure. I don't remember. Because I just remember thinking that it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh no so they had a they had a, a much like paragon they had a, a scaled uh system called the founders pack so they had a standard founders pack which started at 39.99 and then went all the way up to 99.99 depending on how many in-game items you got sure i don't remember that all i remember was thinking it was too much money for what it was at the well time. i mean a hundred dollar founder pack is a lot of money but a lot of people paid that for paragon for example because it includes all it gives you access to all of the content updates for free up to a certain point at least it did for paragon up to a certain point so i don't remember um what it was but it says the standard founders pack was 39.99 which would make sense even at retail 40 39.99 is a standard yeah, yeah, retail price bucks. for a disc all right fine maybe i was wrong but i remember it being like buying a thing Right. And then later there was just kind of like, well, maybe not. The good part of this game is free to play. Here you go. Not that I think they'll do that with this, but. Right. Yeah. So it looks like there might have been a discrepancy between digital and retail. Because somebody here in this Reddit thread does list the GameStop listing for $59.99 and the Amazon Prime listing for $47.99 and then the digital listing for $39.99. Well, Jesus, Mary and Joseph. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) But I think what you're trying to say is like... Like things change. The industry is fluid. There is a chance for a pivot here was kind of my point. Yes. Yes. That's a very optimistic way of looking at things, Simon. I appreciate that from you. Thank you. (laughs) There we go. Okay. So we will hopefully have a better update on Fallout 76 down the road. But for now, um, hopefully if you've been playing, you've been having fun like Brit and you haven't run into any bugs and issues. But um, most of the people that I know that have been playing have run into quite a few things but that's you know it's never scared me off of it but as we've mentioned uh bethesda gave us code for the game um and that obviously colors our impressions and we want to be honest with you guys if i had paid 60 bucks for this game i would probably be pissed about it not gonna lie so take that into consideration however you will simer you've been playing hero i did i went back to it Good. And that was a game I going? paid two hundred dollars for. <laughs> that, it was a Kickstarter for those who are confused by that statement. Um, I was like, "Yes, please get, take my money." Uh, so, Hero You was a game that I talked about a couple months ago at this point, I think, when it launched on Steam, and it's made by the old people who did Quest for Glory. That made it sound like I was calling them old. I'm sorry. I apologize. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> I picked up what you're putting down. Yeah. Um, and I picked this game back up again because I was just needing comfort food mm-hmm. in my gaming life. And I'd kind of forgotten about it, to be honest, because it's on my PC. 
And normally when I come home, I'm like, oh, I got to fire up a console to play something. And I just wasn't in the mood for that. But my computer was already on. <laughs> so there I was you like, go. Hey. well, here we go. And I was like, oh, shit. I haven't I haven't even like begun to scratch the surface of Hero U yet. There are so many different layers to this game. Um, so I hopped back in again, very much enjoying it. It is familiar to me as somebody who grew up playing those games. Uh, but I'm getting to know these new characters in this new world and uh, really enjoying it. And I just unlocked my first like elective class. So I like got I chose first aid so I can make myself potions so that when I go into dungeons, I won't die so easily. Um, so sorry to interrupt yes. you, but for people who maybe missed you talking about Hero U on the episode where we were originally discussing it, could you explain a little bit about what Hero U is? So Hero U is sort of like the original action adventure is what I'll call it. Um, that sort of style. What I mean by that is in Quest for Glory, when you would play this game, yes, there would be puzzles like in an adventure game. But as Brittany mentioned last week when she was playing uh, Leisure, Leisure Suit Larry, traditionally adventure game puzzles are very wacky. They do not follow logic. The puzzles here do follow logic generally. There are sometimes like weird elements, but there's usually nothing that's so batshit crazy that you're like, what the hell? <laughs> um, now, in Quest for Glory, a lot of the puzzles were tailored to your class. In Hero U, you join this school as a quote-unquote disbarred bard, which means you're a rogue. You're a thief. You're the thief class. Um, and there are other classes at the school, too. So there's the traditional ones from Quest for Glory, which are paladins slash fighters, um, and then wizards. And then those were the three main ones. Uh, paladins were like an offshoot of the fighter class that you could only unlock after uh, use, importing your character between the different games. So how you play them is you're kind of like, you are this character, Sean, and you walk around. Basically, it's sort of like if you've ever played a Bethesda game and <laughs> like Skyrim, for instance, the way you level up a skill is by doing that skill. Mm. So all I do is sneak around the castle all of the time because it levels up really my weird. sneaking. Yeah, you look super weird, but it levels up your sneaking ability constantly so i have like level 50 stealth at this point because it's just you just sneak, <laughs> you just sneak everywhere. everywhere um but you have like a practice room where you'll go practice your throwing you'll practice you could lift weights like you're basically doing the things to build those stats up um and then you can kind of go through there's a storyline that fault that you're following like there's a little journal which is super helpful when i went back into this game i was like wait what the fuck was i doing uh then went back through the journal I was like ah yes okay cool <laughs> Uh, so you have like little storylines, you have relationship meters with all the different characters. Sometimes what you say will make them mad. Sometimes it won't. Sometimes they like you. Sometimes they don't. Can you bang uh, them? Uh, you can flirt. I don't know. I mean, they're mostly like, I don't know if they're teenagers or college. This is a college, I think. So oh, maybe that's not, weird. I, uh, in, in Quest for Glory, there were two women that you could, like, marry toward the end. You could either marry Irana or you could marry Katrina, who is a vampire. And Irana's, like, a mystical fae, like, wizard, mag magician thing. Um, okay. So they're both pretty badass. <laughs> and uh, in this one, there's actually a girl who looks very much... She reminds me very much of Katrina. Her name is Esme. 
And I was just like, oh, I see what you're doing here. Like trying to get a little Katrina vibes going on. Yeah. Little vampire, little red eyes. Cool. Uh, and I'm flirting with her. I don't know what this will be. Turn into. <laughs> sure. Yeah. But uh, it's still fun to flirt. And like the oh, thing yeah. that I always really enjoyed about these games was the writing. It's very funny. Like the they're very quippy people. Uh, also, if you are going to dive in and try playing this game, save, save a lot. Because this is the type of game where, like, for instance, in the first game, and I imagine in this one, but I haven't done it because I'm smart enough not to do it, uh, is you can practice picking locks by using them on yourself. You could, like, pick your nose. But if your lock picking skill was too low, you would kill yourself on accident. Because you would like stab the thing up into your brain. Okay, wait, so this wait, was wasn't was animated. It just like pops up on the box, and it's like, haha. Okay, you fucked up so and you died. Let's say I'm in this game and I want to practice my lock picking. Would I stick a lock pick up my nostril and I would try to twist it? And if I fucked up, I no, would no, no, go no, up no, into no. my brain. No, oh. no. So the this was again. This was the original game, and and how you're supposed to practice lock picking is by going to a locked door and just practicing. Yes. You just put the icon of the lock picks on the door and then it goes and it does the door uh, until eventually either someone hears you and you need to get the fuck out of there or you open the door. Yes. But another way that you could do it that was just a stupid, stupid Easter egg is you could grab the or like have the lock pick icon and put it on your character, like just click it on your character. Oh, and then it would just say a little dialogue box pops up and is like, you pick your nose. Um, but if your lock picking skill is too low, instead of picking your nose, you accidentally stab yourself through the brain and you die and you'd scream oh, over. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. I mean, that's a, okay. This sounds really stressful, Steiner. It's, I don't think I could do no, this. No, like, just don't do stupid shit like that. Don't practice your lock picking on your nose. It's don't fine. stick lock picks up your nose. Uh, I, like, that seems like good life I'm advice. Like, save, save your game. Um, but so there's also combat in this game, which is kind of where I think I was going. So yes, there are light puzzles you have to figure out. There is a ghost dog painting that I'm going to have to figure out how to make him happy. I don't know why uh-huh. he's sad. Give him a treat. So like I have to, you have to, you know, you do get items in your inventory and you do have to kind of figure out certain things. But um, there's also a combat element to this game. And uh, I don't know how it will grow moving forward because, again, I'm still very early on. But as a disbarred bard, uh, you mostly have like daggers. You can throw things at people. And I'm assuming that when I take magic classes and or fighting classes, I will be able to use different weapons or different skills but right now i'm mostly just fighting giant rats in a dungeon sounds <laughs> so right that, so that i don't die also sounds terrifying yeah uh but yeah so like that's kind of gameplay wise what it feels like there's a bit of light puzzles it's mostly story you get to interact with characters and then there's some combat so sounds again tra- it's action adventure in the traditional sense. I was just visiting my aunt yesterday, and she's actually playing this right now. She also backed it. On Wait, a, really? Yeah. Yeah. That makes me so happy. She's a big fan going back to DOS of adventure games and stuff like that. So she's all about it. And she's really enjoying it. Yeah. If you liked adventure games at all growing up, I'm going to tell you to go buy this game mostly because I really want you to support them because I love them very much. Aww. They are wonderful people, and they deserve your support. And that's enough of me being nice. So someone <laughs> something else. Well, let me bring everybody down with a sad oh, story. Oh, no. Um, 
So I haven't played really much of anything um, for about a week because last Thursday I had a personal emergency with one of my pets. Um, You guys may have seen on Twitter or heard about it lightly on Games Daily on Friday um, or seen something on Facebook um, that I had to bring one of my cats um, to the emergency hospital. So what happened was I was just uh, noticing over the last week or so that he had been breathing kind of heavy. And I was like, oh, it looks like he's like, it's like it's like it's hard for him to breathe, like he's like breathing out with extra force. And I'm like, that's weird. Why are you doing that? But he didn't seem uncomfortable or like stressed. Or in pain. Yeah. He was eating. Yeah, he was going about his regular routine. He, uh, in hindsight, I was like, oh, yeah. He wasn't hunting at night like he normally does. And he's a little bit more lethargic than normal. And he wasn't eating as much. And now that I've added up all the symptoms, I was like, my God, I can't believe I didn't see this sooner. But it was the breathing thing that I noticed that I was like, you know what? We should probably go see the vet. This is, you weren't breathing like this before. So I made an appointment and she said, well, we have to go into the hospital because he has to get a chest x-ray because we can't figure out what's happening with his breathing without an x-ray. I'm like, that makes sense. That's the way humans are usually too. So took him to the kitty hospital, got an x-ray. X-ray is like, wow, there's a lot of fluid like crushing his lungs and his heart right now. I'm like, that sounds terrifying. What's causing that? And they're like, we don't know. We got to do more tests. We got to take you to the hospital because we were at a clinic and then the hospital was like around the corner. Go to the hospital. um, They admit him and they start to run more tests, including uh, an ultrasound. And um, some additional blood tests and things like that. And they find out that he is in severe congestive heart failure, which as any parent would tell you, whether you have fur babies or real babies, would be terrifying to, to hear that you're, the thing that you love is going through. And I'm just like freaking out. Um, so I spent um, all day in the hospital with him as they were treating him and withdrawing all the fluid from his lungs and making sure that he could breathe and I was like, um, I couldn't think, I couldn't even think of it. And because normally games are the thing for me that I go to play to escape. But like I was so distraught and I needed to be present mm-hmm. that I couldn't like put my headset on and like escape into anything because I felt like I needed to be there in case they called at any yeah. moment. So I had to admit him to the hospital, which he's never been in a pet hospital before. He's... Only he hasn't been into a veterinarian office since I left Los Angeles, so like five years, uh, because the vet that I use here in the Bay Area is an in-home vet. She will come to the house and like do their blood work and do their checkups and everything here in my house so I don't have to take them in, uh, which is great because cats are notoriously difficult to travel with. (laughs) And so I was just like in a really bad place, like freaking out, thinking that my cat's about to die. Um, but luckily, thank you to the amazing medical team at the the NorCal Veterinarian Emergency Pet Hospital here in the San Francisco Bay. Um, they removed all the fluid and they put him on um, some cardiac medicine, a blood thinner, um, and a diuretic to get all the fluid out of him. And now I have to take him to... Uh, 
cat cardiologist um, on Monday because that was the soonest appointment that we could get. And it's been a whole weekend because what they didn't tell me, which has actually been the most challenging part about this, is that he was only gone from our house for 26 hours. But when I brought him back, his brother of 12 years, they're litter mates. They've always been together. They've lived with each other for literally a decade. Uh, did not know who he was. What? And yeah. So cats have this weird like scent sharing thing that I've learned all about <laughs> over the last three days. That if they get some kind of weird or hostile scent on them, like they it's essentially like they don't recognize that animal. Even though they've literally lived together for years, many, many years. And so when I brought Ghost home from the hospital to kind of rest at home and I let him out of the kennel, I was expecting his brother to run up and lick him on the face and be like, oh my God, you're back. Because Maverick, my other cat, was at home like freaking out that his brother was gone. He was like stress grooming and we were trying to keep him calm and all of this. And then he just started hissing and growling at him instantly. And I like was like, no, wait, what's happening? Because my cats are super oh, chill. Yeah, you, they you like know that. They together. lick each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a mutual grooming thing that house cats do. But they're like the most chill cats. And they're super friendly. And they are not aggressive in any manner whatsoever. They'll come right up to you and, and want snuggles and belly rubs. And like... So like I was I was beside myself with this this new thing. Not only did my one cat almost die in severe congestive heart failure, probably has cardiomyopathy, a heart disease that I have to treat now for the rest of his life. At one point, the doctor's like, "It might be cancer," and I was like, "Wait, what?" Um, still thinks the cancer's on the table. We're gonna find out from the cardiologist. But then my other cat didn't recognize him when he came home and tried to fight him. And I'm like, he was just in the hospital. He almost died. Why are you trying to fight him? That's when you got to strike, Andrea, when they're weak. Yeah. He will be alpha was, cat of this it was house. Really, it was a really rough weekend. I can't even but yeah. imagine. Wait, dude. so like the scent thing, if you, so theoretically, if you had bathed him, would that have fixed it? I don't understand. Like. So it might have, but the last thing no, I, I know that would have stressed him out. My even poor more. baby had been yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, had been in the hospital was to bathe him. But I do have wipes, um, and so I tried wiping him. I tried doing the thing where you take a towel and you like wipe their face where their scent glands are, and you wipe it on the other cat where you give them your clothes to like lay in or sleep in so that they smell like you. I. I did all of the things that, like, the guides are like, this is how you reintegrate pets, you know, that have been gone. And it took four days. But finally, last night, um, Mavic goes get close enough to his face where he could lick it. And I literally started crying. And I was like, oh, my God. They didn't fight. He didn't hiss. He didn't swat at him. I think they might be friends. And now, starting today... They're now both grooming each other and laying with each other again. Thank God. God. Praise Jesus. So how how can Ugh. you prevent this going forward? Can you bring them together? Like what? Yeah. No, Maverick's always coming to the vet appointments oh, now. That's just <laughs> happening. But the problem is, is like if Ghost for some reason has to be right. hospitalized again, like there's no way to prevent that, right? Like even if I bring Maverick to the hospital, 
and he's in there temporarily while I admit Ghost. Right. Like, there's nothing I can do if Ghost has to be admitted because they have to get, they had to give him an yeah. IV and a and a kitty catheter right. um and Poor ghost. like they had to so he has a a big stripe on his paw that's been shaved from where they inserted the needle and he's got a stripe on his chest that's been shaved where they inserted the giant needle to withdraw all the fluid they withdrew almost 250 milliliters of fluid from his chest that, cavity ugh. it's like a cup of fluid and my cat is 12 well, pounds apparently a lot of that like, was fluid yeah, it was crazy how much fluid they took out. I had no idea. So just a reminder, not only for your pets, to always be vigilant if anything and their behavior changes, even if it's small, don't hesitate to like talk to your vet about it. At the very least, like send an email or call and just ask. Um, but also with us, you know, like it's funny because I talked to one of my really close friends about about everything that was happening and she was like, yo, that exact same thing happened to my mom because turns out humans get congestive heart failure in the same way that it usually manifests in, in breathing issues. But as a human, we can identify it within ourselves and be like, yo, I'm breathing weird. It feels mm-hmm. different. I should maybe talk to somebody about that. But sometimes we don't. Maybe we're sick for a long time and, you know, we let it go and then it turns into something serious. So just a friendly reminder, like, trust your body. If it's telling you something's wrong... Like, you should maybe go see somebody about that before it turns into, like, severe congestive heart failure. That's very <laughs> good advice. And I'm going – I'm not going to pivot. I'm going to talk about something relative, but it's going to you, – you'll see where I'm going yeah. with this. I thought my dog had uh, flycatcher syndrome, which is where they – it's like a, a minor epileptics thing where – because he would randomly look all around him and freak out, blah, blah, blah. And it turns out when he has to poop, it itches. So it turns out it's just a poop thing. So – <laughs> you know, pets are weird. I mean, it's I, hard because you can't yeah, talk to them. They can't talk to you. And I thought my dog was right. having a seizure. I thought he was having a brain issue. And they're like, I remember when he was going yeah, through that. And it just yeah. turns out whenever he starts looking at his butt or looking like he's looking around, he's trying to figure out why his butt's so itchy and I have to take him out to go poop. But it's the same sort of thing. Hey, I mean, that's a good, at least it's like helpful, I guess, yeah. in a way. Yeah, but it's the same sort of thing, man. They can't talk to you, so you just have to be extra like, you're acting a little off today, sir. I'm going to write that down in your baby book, and I'm going to keep an eye on that. <laughs> Animals. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so I didn't really play much, but I did watch Anchorman, which I hadn't seen in Classic. forever. And still Classic. just as good. I have seen that one. That one that I have seen up. that movie. It's so good. Um, did I talk? La- I was I was meaning to go back and listen to the show. Did I talk about my experience wandering around in Red Dead, like not doing story missions, but just like you s- opening the map? Uh, kind of. You said you're at a point where it's not as enjoyable anymore for reasons you want to talk about, obviously. Oh yeah, no, but yes. you know what that reason is. Um, yeah, I found a bunch of random stuff on the map, and now John's jealous because he's like, "You found all this cool shit on the map that I never found," and I was Dude. like. Dude, I just decided that I wanted to, like, clear the fog on yep. the map. And so I went up to the very top and I just, like, rode all the way across. But then I got into that that terrible position where I'm like, okay, I'm ready to get back to a story mission. And then I'm way out in bumfuck nowhere. And I'm like, where's the closest town? Oh, it's easily a 20-minute horse ride away. <laughs> there is yes. so... Now what do I do? Quit. I stop playing. <laughs> there are so many interesting things to find in that game. After I finished it, I went through and read all of the things that other players had found. And it's fascinating. Some of the things you can find. It's really cool. 
Really cool stuff. Yeah. I'm still playing that too, yeah, but been, I um, decided to take a break to play something else. Number one, so I wouldn't be talking about it every week, but then, you know. Yeah. No, a palate cleanse is important. I did reinstall Amplitude on my uh, PlayStation. And when John got home from his trip, he's like, why is Amplitude in the crossbar? And I was like, well, after everything that happened at uh, not only at Kind of Funny's Extra live stream, but also when we were there for the XO18 live stream, <laughs> um, Tim Geddes keeps throwing down about amplitude and how he made it his personal mission to make sure that he bested all of my high scores because i was the only person in his friends list that had beat him in every single level and score and so over the last year he's taken time every month to practice and beat my score in every single song oh my god and so I was like, okay, okay, fine. I I haven't thought about Amplitude in a long time since it came out, probably. And so I was like, all right, let me let me redownload it and boot this back up. And man, was I rusty. I was looking at the scores and also shout out to my sister for being the best at Amplitude ever. I told Tim, I was like, Tim, you think that your scores are t- are, are are cool shit. Wait till I log in and I show you yeah. my sister's <laughs> scores and then you'll cry in a corner because she's so good at that game. Um, but yeah, so I was playing Amplitude because I got so inspired by Tetris Effect and how amazing the music is in Tetris Effect. And again, if you guys have not played that game, I cannot recommend Tetris Effect enough and how I'm so upset after having just looked at the game awards nominations that we didn't get this game soon enough to nominate it for sound design and best score because the sound design in that game and the way that it complements the gameplay is really unique and really fantastic and absolutely deserves accolades not to say that the games that are nominated don't also deserve them but i would have been really happy to do so but didn't quite make the cutoff but Amplitude is just one of those throwback games that is my comfort food because the rhythm and music genre has such a special place in my heart, which is why I really want to like Persona dancing all night. Like, I want to like that series, but I, there's, it's just, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the style of music oh, or whatever. The When's so the good. embargo up for that, Brit? Is it soon? Can you talk about uh, what Not playing? until, no, it's not up anytime soon. A while? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you can announce the date on air here, but it's not up yet. Um, But I played it back at Judges Week at E3. Um, I played a couple of different ones that they had there, the Japanese builds. And I was just like, I should be better at this. This is my this is my Let's thing. Talk after that, yeah, show, really girl. Good at. But to be fair, I literally like was on a reality show about how good I am at rhythm and music games. Like I should I should be able to do this. And I just you I also didn't like our theme song at first. So like maybe it's just the music's not jiving with you. It, we 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 talked about yeah. that recently. Um, I got to see um, friend of the show Dale North, who, if you guys aren't aware, is the composer for the What's Good Games theme. You can download and find the song on his SoundCloud page. Um, and when he first proposed this theme song to us, because of course I reached out to Dale. Um, he's a fantastic video game music composer and has worked on tons of games. And I was like, we are starting a show, and I could think of nobody better 
to compose our show or our theme. You know, can you help us out? And then he submitted it to us and all of the girls except for me were like, this is dope. And I was like, it's so it like an anime. <laughs> yeah, you said it sounded like anime. And I was like, that's why I love it. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> Obviously, I love it now. And I and I came to love it pretty quickly after listening to it for a few times. But it's just not the style of music that I instantly gravitate right. towards. But anyway, I've gone off on a little bit of a tangent, but I just that's why I I, I haven't played. I was supposed to play Battlefield five. Um, uh, EA provided me with a code and I wanted to check out the war stories and talk to you guys about that. So that's that coverage is coming. I also wanted to play more Hitman, too. Um, that coverage is coming, but I just had to take a step back and deal with some like real world like adult yeah, stuff first that was hard speaking of hitman Steimer, a lot mm. of folks in the comments wanted us to let you know want me okay. to let you know that there are prologue missions you can do if you have not Wait, found it doesn't them. dump you into them apparently not what and some i think someone said it's because the it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's a the same <laughs> prologue mission from a couple years ago I, oh. I believe that's what i read but it is there and it does teach you the mechanics okay I'll have to so. go find it, I guess. What a weird I guess. thing. That's weird. That's very strange. <laughs> Why yeah, didn't okay. you just... Do, I, it, 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 okay, it's fine. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's Everything's fine. Exists. This is fine. Yeah. Yeah, I meant to go. I was going to... When I went to Hero U, it was because I didn't want to go back to Hitman. Yeah. I was just like, I want to play a game I know how to play. <laughs> I know how to play this. I'm going to yeah. go back to my roots. Those are your good roots. Yeah. Well, everybody, we will have uh, um, things from Brittany that we're transitioning into okay. right now. Because you may be asking yourself, um, excuse me, didn't a giant Nintendo Switch game come out this last week that everybody is throwing Pokeballs at? And to that, I would say, yes, this segment has been long, but you know we ain't leaving until we talk about Pokeball. Let's, Let's go. go. Brittany, Hell tell no. me what's I up. I talk Let's about go. this game no matter what. Um. Yeah, so I don't. Okay, here's the thing. I am having so this is okay. Personally, this is that's confusing. It's confusing. I know, but I'm gonna try to do my best here. Okay. I, need, I need I need to word vomit this out. Personally, as okay. a fan of Pokemon, I am having a very very good time. Jason and I are playing together. Um, I am player one. He is my my assistant. And you're playing. Let's go Pikachu. We're actually right? doing Let's Go Eevee. I, oh, I know okay. last week I said we're going to play that I want to play, which is Pikachu. But we went. He convinced no, you see, to this play is what Eevee. Is, I wanted love. to do a midnight launch, and Best Buy was not doing a midnight launch. However, game. Wait, mm-hmm. really? For Pokemon? No, I know. And that's where I had Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee, the bundles pre-ordered. But the GameStop just, this is at our mall. The GameStop just down the hall was. So I said, okay, well, screw it. I'm buying another copy and i'm canceling one of the pre-orders at best buy and because i want my pikachu bundle jason said he didn't care if he only got anyway long story short we're playing eevee we did a midnight launch it was a good time uh drank way too much at the bar inside the mall in anticipation anyway so personally when you were drunk texting us no, that was oh, that was a different day. Two days later, okay. Yeah, I Just drank checking. way too much over the past of the past four days. It's been great. Hey, it's hey, okay to be no, drunk for an adult. Do it it's more. Just, that's my yeah, girl. I know I was sending some mushy texts, but it was great. Anyway, so personally, as a fan of someone who grew up with Pokemon and who played Blue, you know, I'm having a very good time with it. It's essentially the same game, 
obviously there are different mechanics. The catching mechanics are completely different. Obviously the graphical over the graphic overhaul is completely different, but the same trainers is most of the same dialogue, the same story, you know, it's all the same for the most part. So from that standpoint, it's like, okay, this is nostalgic. This is a trip down memory lane. Playing next to Jason is fun. I love the Pokemon spawning on screen. I, this is something I want the Pokemon games to continue to do going forward. It just It's more interactive. It's much more exciting than the random battles. From a critical perspective, I, I'm, I struggle because I understand what this game is supposed to be. It's supposed to be a gateway for new Pokemon fans who are playing you know, uh, Pokemon Go. Hey, like, you can hop into this Pokemon Let's Go, and it's essentially a game from 1996, so it's not all that complicated. You can just hop in and go, literally. So I I understand that, but there's literally been hardly any quality of life improvements in this game, in the sense that they reuse the same NPCs over and over again. Um you know, most of the trainer battles are required. So that means you can't take more than 15, 20 steps in a cave or in a dungeon or whatnot and have to be forced to in, to do this battle. Um, and not to mention the catching mechanic of having to throw. I'm not even trying the Pokeball because I did that at E3 and it was just a hot mess. And from what I've heard from anyone else doing it, it's just not good. The problem is, is when you come across a rare spawn in this game and you're very, very excited for it, you have to rely on the motion controls. And that is where we're having some problems. I would say 6.3 out of 10 times, it works just fine. But there are 6.3 out of 10. But there are other 3.7 times out of 10 that the ball just goes completely left, completely right, completely misses the Pokemon, and it takes all strategy out of it. Besides, you can feed them berries to try to calm their tits so they don't jump around and try to escape all the time. But other than that, it's all based off the motion controls, which is unfortunate for a variety of reasons. But specifically what I'm talking about is you want to try to employ that strategy and you want to get that rare Mr. Mime or whatever it is you're going for. But because of the motion controls, they escape. And now you're just like, well, that sucked. And... So you're saying the motion controls only work 63% of the time? Yes. For me. That's bad. That's, that's my really experience. Bad. I don't know if it's because the Switch is far away from me. I don't know. I don't know, but I feel like it... Or are you playing it docked, I assume? Yes. Playing yeah. it docked. And, you know, we are throwing the thing, and sometimes it goes left and it goes right. And it's particularly hard when you have the Pokemon who hop from left to center to right to center to left. Because if you're on the far right, you got to try to, okay, so how do I throw to the right? And usually it'll go left. It's, it's not that great. That said, I'm having a good time with it. It's nostalgic. It's, the music is fun. It's remixed. It's a trip down memory lane, but it is just literally the game. So I would be really curious. So which game again is huh? it? Which game it's, is it a remake Pokemon of? It's Pokemon Yellow. That's Pokemon right. Yellow. Okay. So... I would be curious to know if people who have not played a Pokemon game before can hop into this and have a good time. I think it's simple enough for people to understand and grasp. Um, It doesn't really follow your hand on where to go or what to do. So you have to be prepared to explore your way around to figure out your next path. But, you know, it's hard because I'm conflicted because I can play a few hours a night and then I kind of get bored with it. My favorite part is finding the Pokemon, wandering around and capturing them. I, I don't like the mandatory trainer battles. There's too Wait, many of them. you can't even, like, sneak around them like you used to? Some you can. 
because okay. they turn they turn certain angles and then at that point but there's some that you just can't mm-hmm. and so when i'm in the cave it, it, i and i want to wait for this you know onyx spawn or whatever it is i'm looking for but there's just trainer after trainer after trainer it feels like a slog to get through how and Jason made, long Jason are the made, trainer battles oh gosh just maybe a few minutes okay but there's just so many of them and jason made the comment last night he said man maybe the pokemon formula just is getting old for you and i said i don't feel like it's this bad in the newer installments and what i would like to see going forward in the series is less mandatory trainer battles make them optional but make them drawn out and maybe five pokemon each with the variety because right now oh, are you, you know, just fighting one and one trainers yeah so no, it's I mean, like one, one pokemon versus one pokemon when it's trainer. one pokemon versus jason and my pokemon so i have an ivy sword he currently has a charmeleon so so it's two versus one it's two versus one so what even right. is the point <laughs> you're going yeah, to win so it's not challenging <laughs> at all obviously and i don't think this is a game that's meant to be challenging hmm. so just to wrap it all so up it's basically pokemon without any of the depth that made it interesting the, so the pokemon catching is just okay so the pokemon catching is you throw the pokeball and you feed it berries the trainers and the gym battles are like your standard pokemon battles where you have the set list of moves to choose from so you know you have like your sand attack your is gust the full the full list you have about four moves to choose from right per pokemon okay yeah that's that's standard but that's like standard. you only have because the part that i never understood because i never never played it at any of the events where it was playable um do you, can you swap between pokemon or do you always have one pokemon on you at all time like do you swap. have a team you have a team of six okay great Yes, you have cool. your team of six anytime, and you know you start with the XP share from the get go. Uh, so you know I'm having a good time. The the part I'm struggling with is the fan in me is like, oh, this is super fun. But the critic in me is like, they literally they reskinned this, but there have been no major quality of life changes. So I would just say have the proper expectations going into this. Know what you're getting, um, and you will have a good time. Just uh, yeah. Yeah, so this is interesting because I can hear in your voice that you don't like this as much you as to. Yeah. you wanted to. Um, and also, like, it's interesting because I've talked, obviously, to Tim about this a lot because he's a resident Pokemon fanboy. And he was convinced that it was going to do crazy numbers. And I was like, I don't know. Everything I've seen from previews suggests otherwise. And now hearing what you're saying means that the word of mouth might not be good enough for it to do anything crazy. But I think the expectation was that this was going to be a companion game to everything that Niantic is doing with Pokemon Mm -hmm. Go that was going to kind of like wet your palate for the Pokemon RPG that's coming hopefully in 2019. And that this is just like a, a tide over so that Nintendo is going into holiday 2018 with one of their flagship franchises on the Nintendo Switch since they don't have Mario or, or Zelda. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, I feel like the expectation, like you said, has been set very clear. This is not the next hardcore er, installment into the series. This is something that's supposed to be a gateway, you know, that your child can play with you. Something that maybe, you know, imagine if they start, I don't know if they're doing this already, but advertising this on the Pokemon Go app. Think of how many people play that and say, hey, do you know that there's this, a game on this thing called the Nintendo Switch and it's like this but way better and these are the things it does. I think that's more of the market they're tapping into obviously as well as people like me, you know, even Simon who has the nostalgia with the series. And I 
I would totally have recommended this for best family game for a game of the awards noms if it would have been, you know, if we could have. But yeah, I mean, I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. It's a trip down memory lane. And so I think the important thing for me is to turn off that critic side of my brain and just let me be a fan and enjoy it for what it is and just have those expectations. Right. Yeah. So I am three badges in. I just got to Lavender Town, so I still have a lot more of this game to play. I'm taking my time with it. We're trying to catch everything. We want to get the full Pokedex. We're not using any of the Pokemon Go integration. We want to catch all the things on our own. So some people are already finishing it and completing their Pokedexes, and damn, you're good and fast. I don't know how you're doing it. Skills, man. Skills. I wonder how Goldfarb's doing. Andrea, are you going to well, play he, this? I think said that he was going to import oh, from Pokemon Cheat. Go. Are you going to play this, Andrea? Do you have any interest? Um, I was going to. Yeah, I was going to dabble because you know I need to see what this Pokemon hype is all I mean, about. Please don't expect the last this Pokemon to be that like... I tried was Pokemon X, and I played that for like hmm. two hours. Hmm. So you would be a very say, good candidate. Don't yeah. don't don't go into it with like this is the Pokemon hype because it's not. It's not the next RPG. Well, no, I mean, I just literally said that exact I know, whole thing. That but this I'm is scared, not the thing. and I want you I, to like Pokemon. I know, Steimer. I'm not going to go into this game being like, this is the best Pokemon game it's ever. It's so good. Look at all these cute little fluffy creatures. Played, yeah, I played a lot of Pokemon Go when it first came out, and I enjoyed playing that game. And granted, like, obviously, Pokemon purist would be like pokemon goes not pokemon but you know like i think that it opened the door for people like me who missed pokemon when i was a kid because i just did not play it did not get into it i was more of a a a mario girl donkey kong and then went straight into like arcade racing games and just skipped pokemon altogether um that now as an adult clearly i need to know about pokemon for my career what we do here on the show (laughs) and um, it would be silly of me to not even take some time to to check it out. But that being said, I have Diablo 3 on my Switch. So when it comes down to playing Diablo 3 or Pokemon Let's Go, I Try the thing you haven't played for before. Certain. Maybe when... This would be fun for me, actually. If you can hold off playing Pokemon Let's Go until we're in town next... I would love to sit next to you and watch you play this and kind of pick your brain as you play it and see what your thoughts are as you play sure. it. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. We should record it. We could stream it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we could stream it. I don't mean fun. that. Even if we just did it on our iPhones, it'd be funny. <laughs> it would. Your reactions would be good. Okay, cool. Let's plan on You're doing like, that. What the that's, hell is this? That's what I'm super curious about. Are people who haven't really played a lot of Pokemon, what do they think of this? Is this enough to maybe convince you to get into the next Pokemon coming out next year or does it not? I don't know. It'd be interesting to find out. Okay, well, then I'll wait. I'll cool. hold off. And we can uh, have that experience Aww. together. But for now, it's time to take our second break of the show. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of our favorite Black Friday memories, since it is indeed Black Friday today. Uh, stick with us, everybody. We'll see you in a minute. everybody it's the final segment of the what's good games podcast and our feature segment this week is brought to you by me undies 
This holiday season, you can get everything you need for you and your loved ones at MeUndies.com. We at What's Good Games have been wearing MeUndies for a while. Actually, Steimer was the one who turned us on to the amazing softness that is MeUndies. Do you have a favorite style? Is it boy shorts? Um, so I like to wear boy shorts to sleep. Uh and then normally, I mean, I feel like this is really personal, but I do normally wear thongs. Yeah. <laughs> no, wedgies thongs are, are great. Yeah. Listen, panty, panty lines, lines are not a thing that I'm your fond pants? of. Nobody wants that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what's great about MeUndies is not only are they super cute, but they're also super comfortable. And they use the coveted micromodal fabric, which is three times softer than cotton. If you've never felt this fabric, get ready to experience pure bliss in underwear <laughs> form. Now, I have to ask, who doesn't love a good holiday print? This year, Me Undies will be releasing a new print every what? Tuesday. That's crazy. That means you'll have <laughs> I know. That means you'll have no excuse not to celebrate the holidays right now all the way down to <laughs> your booty. And some of the new prints that they've already released are super cute. They have these little bears mm. that have like little antlers on. They are adorable. It's like this cool Very blue nice. color. But I ask again, why stop at Undies? This year, MeUndies is also launching their holiday prints in lounge pants <gasps> and onesies as Ooh, onesie well. Onesie would be real nice. Oh. I think some onesie ordering is is going to happen. Both, of course, are made from the same micromodal fabric as their undies. And Me Undies has a great offer for What's Good Games listeners. For any first-time purchasers, when you go to MeUndies.com, you'll get 15% off and free shipping when you use our special code. That is MeUndies.com slash WGG. That's 15% off a pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. And on top of that, they've got free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. John loves these. It took me a little bit of convincing because he previously was a very traditional boxers Mm. guy. And then I was like, hey, I got these underwear. uh, I got us the holiday, the uh, Valentine's Day matching set. The um the I got the briefs and he, I got him the boxer briefs, and I was like, just try them out. I know that they are not your usual thing, and now he just adores them and has bought tons of pairs of these. I will say, if you're like me and you like them to feel a little bit comfortable and not be too tight at all or too fitted, you might want to consider sizing up in me undies because um, I have found that I've had to size up and I'm a lot happier going to size up. Just a just a personal tip. If you like your stuff super fitted, you know, that's a personal choice. I like my stuff to be a little bit giving, um, particularly around the <laughs> Around the holidays. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess a good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, going into Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and all of the cookies and oh. sweets and inevitables that are going to happen in the month of December. Um, maybe you want to just size up. Just uh, food for thought. Um, again, MeUndies, M-E-U-N-D-I-E-S dot com slash W-G-G. And you will get 15% off your first pair of the most comfortable undies you will ever put on. So thank you to Me Undies for sponsoring the show. Again, please do check out their holiday prints. They are super cute. And you can get matching pairs, whether you want to get double boxers, boxers and a, a ladies brief, or maybe double ladies briefs, whoever your pair is. If you want to match your butts, 
you can do it. Get that booty match going Ooh, on. I like that. It's Get that fun. booty match. Yeah. Get that booty match. Everyone likes a good booty, Especially right? Like a, a good one, match. yeah. Like Booty's a good like a booty? universal yeah. thing that people like. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of booties are good <laughs> We're like, yeah, I'm thinking about Now I'm thinking about butts. in general, just nice. <laughs> Not all of them, but most are good. You know what I'm saying. You know. You like horse butts in particular, Summer. There's so many different kinds of Those butts, horse butts too. horse butts were great. That's the best part. <laughs> um, all right. So before we devolve into a conversation butts. purely about butts, <laughs> which wouldn't be terrible, um, um, but <laughs> we do have to talk about well, have to is a strong word. We would like to talk about some of our Black Friday memories. So we were trying to f- figure out during the pre-show uh, what we were going to talk about in the third segment this week. And um, Bernie, one of our uh, pre-show patrons, was like, why don't you talk about Black Friday sales? And I was like, well, we could talk about that. But that'd also be fun to talk about our Black Friday memories. Because it's crazy to think just how... Black Friday has evolved over the last five years. And it, it hasn't even been um, that long since a traditional Black Friday has really just disappeared to what Black Friday is now where stores are opening at 2 p.m. on Thanksgiving, whereas before, like, no stores were open on Thanksgiving at all. Uh, and kind of, like, where that has um, got to and where people – or what people think about that from, you know, like an ethics standpoint, like should people have the holiday off, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously, you know, thank you to all of our international fans who are listening that are patiently going through this. I know Black Friday is this weird, crazy American thing that we do. <laughs> Consumerism, where we get really Running in and buying a $100 TV yeah. or whatever the hell the deal is this year. But when did you ladies start participating in Black Friday? Do you remember? I was working at the Department of Corrections at the time. And one of my good friends and coworkers at the time, Erin, she decided we should do this. I think we were 19 or 20. And uh, we decided, you know what? Let's do this. This will be great. And by and let's do this, you mean like physically going somewhere? Physically you were, going. Yeah. We would sleep in the back of her Jeep in the parking lot. Lovely. Cause wow, that's commitment. No, like, like that's what it used to be. That's what it was. We would we would yeah. go park her car, or I would stay the night at her house. But one year we got innovative, so we made like we put a little sleeping bag situation in the back of her jeep, and then we knew I think it was Best Buy. I think she wanted to get her then boyfriend now husband an Xbox three sixty. So yeah, so wow. we were uh, deep cut. We were waiting for that store to open, and we were we would sleep, wake up every like twenty minutes, and look out to see if the line was forming. And then I think eventually the line got way too long because we overslept. But then we got in the line, and we got him an Xbox three hundred and sixty, and we did that. We went every was it year. Really about- worth it? No, absolutely not. It was more about the experience. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, yeah, it, we did that for maybe three or four years, and then one year I think we both were just because first of all the Apple Cup, which is the uh, UW Huskies versus, versus Wazoo Cougars is every black friday and you know that's usually a very good game the rivalry is intense sometimes it's here in seattle we like to go and then i think that just got in the way and so one year we're like what the fuck are we doing why are we doing this we don't need to be doing this anymore it was fun is what i will say the experience and the energy but since then i'm just no thank you i'll i'll sleep in my bed and go on amazon and do cyber monday stuff and call it a day dude like it's so crazy now so how i did not do Black Friday at all pretty much growing up like we just never did um 
I don't know. I think we just wanted to sleep. I don't know. But <laughs> that's a like, reason. I just value. I was like, I don't want to. Number one, I don't like crowds. Don't like uh, them. Don't want to be in there with them. I feel like maybe I have gone to. I don't think it was a Black Friday, though. I think it was some other sale, like an anniversary sale. I think the anniversary sale at Nordstrom is the closest I've gotten to a Black Friday crowd um, at a mall because I just generally <laughs> don't fuck with that. I don't like it. Um but now as I've gotten older and have more money, thank God, uh, I have gotten more into Black Friday. And I'm like, I have a list sitting in front of me of things that I'm looking at to see if they go on sale this week. And most of them have already, which is crazy because it's Tuesday. Like a lot of this Whoa. stuff is it's like just getting earlier yeah. and earlier because they're all like, well, it's online. Who cares? Like just <laughs> it's and they're like they extend it before. I'd be like, OK, it's Black Friday. It's Friday that's it and then small business saturday became a thing and cyber monday became a thing and now i feel like a lot of brands are just like fuck it here's a week here's like 25 whatever percent off they want go nuts yeah, buy what you totally. want i got a i got a cyber monday deal with deals like two weeks ago i'm like wait a minute it's not cyber monday it's like wednesday <sighs> no this is like e3 all over again people are just <laughs> spreading it out that's so true <laughs> Yeah, it's been crazy to see how it evolved. I vividly remember one of the um, Black Fridays that I really committed to was in 2010 in in December because I remember because I was on break and I was – I couldn't afford to fly home and so I stayed in Los Angeles and was bartending over the holiday Um, and this is when I was working for Mahalo Video Games and I had was playing Mass Effect 2 and I was up all night I was like I'm just gonna stay up all night and play Mass Effect 2 and then at like 3 a.m. I'm gonna put some clothes on and drive down because 4 a.m. used to be the time like when stores would open on Friday morning for Black Friday. And you, if you wanted to get like the electronics deals, you had to line up like at midnight or even earlier, like the day before, depending on what store it was and what deal it was. And I remember going out and my big thing about Black Friday, and even to this day, I never mess with the electronics deals. People are too crazy. It gets too wild. It gets violent. Like, People are like trying to Those kill each other to get these TV boxes. It's horrifying, right? So for me, my goal on Black Friday is clothing because almost every clothing shop in the mall does some kind of 40 to 60% off range of the entire store. You can get amazing clothing deals um, on Black Friday. And so as somebody who is on camera all the time, I'm always needing a variety of clothing. And so I've always loved going clothes shopping. Uh, on Black Friday or shoe shopping. So I remember getting up and going out to the store um, um, at like four o'clock in the morning. And then um, I think it was maybe 2012 or 2013, somewhere in the 2011 to 2013 range was one of the first years that they moved Black Friday up to midnight. I remember it being like a big controversy that it was no longer at like four o'clock in the morning. It was now like midnight on Thanksgiving. And the very first year, I vividly remember just driving out, be like, hey, it's midnight. Like, I'm awake. I'm like a 20-something adult or whatever. Like, it's like, this is is great for me. Like, I would (laughs) rather go shopping at midnight. 
Um, I remember going out to a Fry's Electronics in, I think it was in Burbank in Los Angeles, and the line was around the entire building just to get inside oh. the store. And I drove by and I was just like, you know what? No, thanks. <laughs> I think I'm good. And I went to like the Glendale Gallery or something nearby and was like, Old Navy is doing 50% off everything. There you <laughs> go. The best. Um, and that was like more my speed. Like where where's like the Bath and Body Works where I can get like the two oh, of the three lit candles. So good. That's yeah. what we did last year. Like that's what uh, that's where I bought two hundred dollars worth of candle oh, the other night. Remember, they were doing buy two get two free, and I was like drunk at Cheesecake Factory buying candles. That that's what happened to us. We I think this was last year. <gasps> it we can loved, happen to you. Drunk it can happen to buy. you. <laughs> no, we were drunk and we wanted the twisted peppermint candles because those are our favorite during uh, Christmas time. And we twisted peppermint. Oh, God, huh? it's so good. Oh. I don't know if I know that one. I'm more of a fresh balsam girl, but I'll have to try the twisted peppermint. Yes, twisted peppermint. Delicious. <laughs> Smelling. Have not tasted this. Cannot confirm. Hopefully so, not. Yeah. It's, yeah, no. So don't we, uh, they were doing their amazing Black Friday sale, and we ordered two cases of the candles. And two so, cases? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those things don't last very long. If you burn them for like three or four hours at a time, they're gone So this year, days, just yesterday. Uh, this year. This was just yesterday. We were like, okay, because the day after Thanksgiving, because we're hosting Thanksgiving this year, we're fucking decorating for Christmas. It's on like Donkey Kong. So we have to have our peppermint candle set and ready to go. And then we remembered that we ordered two cases last year. So we are more than set and ready to go with our twisted That's peppermint amazing. candles. Yeah. How many cases did you order this uh, none year? None this year because we were res- responsible, sober adults. And we remembered all the ones we ordered last year. Oh, so you still had cases? Oh, hell yeah! We got like twenty-five candles or something like that. Ridiculous! Yeah, that's a lot of candles. Forty. Oh, never mind. I was about to be like, where could you keep them? Because I'm thinking of my house. But you've seen her house, and then I remembered where you live, and was like, never mind. In the pantry with all the other candles. There are places to put candles in your house. Yes. Yes. Oh, Black Friday. I think this year I'm not going to partake. The only thing I do want to try to find is a TV for. The uh, you ladies have seen it. I have two treadmills and I have two TVs in front of the treadmills and the TV in front of my treadmill. It's a good it's a good size TV, like a forty something, but it's maybe ten years oldish. And so so they gave Ooh, me that's old. And I like to walk obviously and play games. And you know I, I justify it by saying it's a business expense because you know if I'm playing a game on a treadmill, I have to have a high quality TV. You know, obviously, I have to be able to you know <laughs> judge the quality of the graphics. So I'm gonna look for maybe like a fifty something inch and put it in front of there. That's I've seen 4K TVs on Black Friday deals as low as $155. That is what is this crazy world we're living town. in? I don't know. I know it's it's wild. Like I, there was one year I think it was 2014 or 2015 when I went back home to North Dakota uh, for Thanksgiving, and so I met with my cousins at my grandmother's house after um, after Thanksgiving dinner. So it was a couple of my aunts and my cousins. So by the way, shout out to my aunt Renee who loves to always be like, this is my niece, Andrea Renee, despite the fact that I'm not, I don't have my middle name because of her, but (laughs) she takes credit anyway. I love her. She's great. Um, She instilled in me the bargain shopping thriftiness that I have by taking me to yard sales as a kid. She and I would always hit yard sales on the weekends, and I love shopping at at yard sales and garage sales and so that's where i got i get a lot of my thriftiness from we were all together with her or with her daughters my cousins and um her sister and there was a bunch of us ladies and we were like 
pouring over the paper ads. Because as much as online shopping has permeated our culture, I love, love looking at the paper ads. Girl, do you want to move to my house? Because I've gotten signed up for every single fucking catalog known to mankind somehow. (laughs) I don't know how it happened. Yes. It's if you put your address in forums online, they have it and they just start mailing shit. They're like, "Don't forget about no, us. We're gonna." These are companies like, I've never inbox. heard of. One is an all men's where. Oh, oh right. yeah, no, because they sell your like, address you amongst bastards. their profile of companies that they own. You're stupid. Yeah. What makes you think That's a man lives I... here? Oh, it's the electronics, isn't it? <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> you've been typecast for sure. They're like, oh, she uh, plays video games. There's, There's clearly, clearly a dude there. there. Um. So we were uh, looking over all the ads, drinking horchata. Oh, that's good. Um, we technically were drinking rum chata, which is rum in horchata, uh, which is delicious, by the way, if you've never had it. Um, and we were getting um, drunk looking at the ads. And then my grandfather, you know, being the responsible one, <laughs> was like, let me drive you to the mall. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> And he uh, he dropped us all he dropped us all off, and this was um, when they opened the mall at midnight, and it was just like an experience because I just never remembered Black Friday shopping, you know, at a sane hour of midnight. It was always like four a.m. This weird witching hour, but now in the last two years, like I remember when they bumped it up to like six o'clock. On Thanksgiving, which was like a year or two ago. And I was like, okay, listen, I was all for the fun times at midnight. Like, that's that's cool. But like six o'clock is like, that's kind of gross because now you've taken the entire day away from people who have families that are working retail. And as somebody who's worked many seasons in holiday retail, that is not a fun job. It can be you know rewarding in certain senses but like it's stressful people are stressed out you're stressed out people aren't the friendliest you know it's a tough job and now this year when i heard the radio ad saying stores are now opening at 2 p.m some stores even opening at noon i'm like really take the day kidding me it's okay just relax. I mean, or, there, I'm sure there are people out there who want to work on Thanksgiving for a variety of reasons. Oh, no. And there are. And that's why I'm right. conflicted because, Brittany, you're right that part of me is like I'm I'm sad and disappointed for all of the workers who want to be with their families that can't. But also I remember like being in a really tough place and struggling and having to have five part-time simultaneous jobs because I couldn't make it and I needed as many hours as I could get and that's why I would work holidays and remembering that like some people need and want that work and that they're happy to work it and it's it's kind of a double-edged sword you know because you want to support the people that are there wanting to work but at the same time like do people need to be open on Thanksgiving are you really making that much more money but apparently 30% 30% of all retail sales happen this week and this weekend. I had no idea. That 30% makes sense to me. Of all like, sales for the entire I year. have even, there's been a few things that I've literally waited like six months for because I know that they'll do something on Black Friday and I'm just like, I'm just not paying full price for it because I don't need it. Right. Like it's not a necessity of my household, but I want the thing. Uh, so it's just like, yeah, of course I'm going to wait until you give me a super good deal on it. Mama didn't raise no fool. I wait. <laughs> yeah, girl. Yeah. 
But yeah. I don't know. But that being said, <laughs> what are uh, do we know of any good Black Friday deals I mean, most that are of, happening? Most, I don't games? know. Most of my shit that's written down here is clothing, as you have said. I know you like, can get the consoles yeah, for... No, clothing's my number one yeah, on Black Friday. You can get the consoles for one ninety nine each. I'm trying to think of what those... Let's look. All right. So I'm going to head to video game deals from Cheap Ass Gamer, which, by the way, at Wario64... On Twitter and at Video Game Deals on Twitter, both have fantastic offerings. I believe uh, Wario does affiliate uh, links through Amazon. I'm not sure about uh, Cheap Ass Gamer, um, but so I've just pulled up the Video Game Black Friday 2018 list guide, mm-hmm. and um, they basically have all of the games. That and they're like, this is who's selling it. For example, you can get Assassin's Creed Odyssey for as cheap as twenty seven dollars at GameStop, nice. which is crazy. That game is amazing, and you should definitely buy it for twenty seven dollars. I'm uh, on Polygon looking at I think probably similar list and looking at the console bundles. You can get a PS4 Slim and Spider Man for one ninety nine. At Amazon, wow. Target, Walmart, wow. GameStop, and Best Buy. Xbox One S, one t- terabyte, uh, plus Minecraft, one ninety nine. Same places. One ninety nine. Are you out of your mind? Do you guys remember Nintendo, those commercials? Nintendo. No. Yes. Wait. You. I okay. Like Andrew, Andrew, thank God. You can get an Xbox One X for a hundred dollars off for three ninety nine at Amazon, Target, Walmart, and Best Buy. And PS VR Astrobot and Moss Bundle for two hundred dollars at Amazon, GameStop, Target, Walmart, Best Buy. So hey. It's a good time to get a console. You, you know, can get God of War for seventeen dollars at GameStop. Yeah, that's seventeen crazy. That's what it says. Seventeen dollars. Oh, well, I'll get Fallout seventy six for thirty dollars at GameStop. Sorry. Or don't spend that money buying Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Ooh. God of War. I would You'll say Dragon happier. Quest Eleven for thirty dollars at Best Buy, which is thirty dollars off, is a very good holiday cozy up game to play. Very traditional JRPG. If you've played a Dragon Quest game before, very good option. You can get Horizon Zero Dawn the Complete Edition for nine ninety nine. That game old now. It's only a year old, it Steimer. Old. <laughs> Oh my god! You made it for twenty seven dollars. Old? How dare you? At GameStop, that's also really good. Basically, what we're trying to say is, if you're listening to this, it's Black yeah. Friday. If you've been holding off on buying a video game, clearly the time. today is the day to buy the game you've been yeah. holding off on. Um, there's lots of great deals out there. From Walmart to Best Buy to Target to the GameStop, Amazon, you name it. And I think even the platforms are holding sales. Both Xbox and PlayStation, I think, are having Black Friday sales. And Nintendo, of course, um, as well. So check it out. Um, Does Steam, Steam's holiday sale doesn't normally start until after Black Friday, right? It's usually the first two weeks of December is the Steam holiday Steam sale. holiday sale, December. Oh, that's wrong. Don't, don't listen to me. Well, you didn't even say the date, so it's good. I don't think that... No, yeah, they don't announce the dates ahead of time. They just are like, this is well, what so it is. Winter sale, last buy all the, stuff. the winter sale last year was December 21st through January 2018. Yeah, I think it's usually the actual Okay, so it's the last two weeks of the month. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Black Friday is great and terrible, I think, is what the takeaway Yeah, I find is. it interesting... <laughs> Just because, like we said, like this is just so much consumerism being driven. Like thirty percent of sales happen, or whatever. 
I find it interesting when companies do something different. So one of the clothing companies I like is called Everlane. And what they do on... Oh, I love yeah, them. They're what great. What they do on Black Friday is they don't give you a discount, but anything purchased on that day is all donated to charity. Oh. So like you basically are contributing to the greater good, which is kind of an interesting take on it. I so like I, that. I, I'll be curious to see if more companies that are of the more, uh, I'm trying to think of sustainable, ethical People have enough money mind. where Scrooge McDucking it. Uh, if they all start to do that yeah, too. Yeah, well, there was the um, the recent thing from the founder of Tom's Shoes. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw. Um, he was on um, Jimmy Fallon's show um, not that long ago, just a few days ago. And if you guys have ever bought a pair of Tom's or if you're familiar with the Tom's Shoe brand, when you buy a pair of Tom's, they donate a pair of shoes. Same with so their eyewear. Like they have sunglasses and glasses. And if you buy a pair of those, they also donate a pair. So they have been really good about charitable contributions really for the entire time that Tom's has been a company. And the uh, founder recently, uh, Blake uh, Mikoski, I think is his name. Um, decided that after the recent mass shooting in Thousand Oaks, California, that they wanted to take a bigger step to uh, contribute to ending gun violence. So the day after uh, a gunman opened fire, this is coming from fastcompany.com, opened fire at a nightclub in Thousand Oaks, California. Tom's founder, Blake Mikowski, was in the backseat of his car. Uh, when his wife, Heather Lang, called, uh, she was emotional. The shooting was 20 minutes from our house, and she said she wasn't going to take our four-year-old son to school. She didn't feel safe anymore. She said she was tired of thoughts and prayers and no action, and we had to do something. He pulled out his laptop in the car and drafted the most intense email I've ever written, he says, to the board of directors at Tom's and the other brand's CEO, Jim Ailing, who took over after Mikoski stepped down in 2015. In it, he made the case for Tom's taking a stand on ending gun violence and in the process overhauling the giving model that made the brand famous in the first place. Tom's has given shoes to over 86 million people to date through its signature buy one, give one model. Though the efficacy of this method um, to address systemic poverty has been questioned over the years, through the sale of its sunglasses, the company has helped finance eyesight restorations for 600,000 people, and proceeds from coffee ordered at its retail stores have delivered clean water to communities where the beans are grown. Um, let me skip ahead here. Says taking a stance on the gun violence debate represents a radically different approach for Tom's in its line with the company's original mission. This is a human issue, Mikowski says. It's becoming political, but any gun violence is all about making a better world. So what did they agree to do? Announced his idea to Bain Capital, the private equity firm that owns a 50% stake in Tom's, that they would donate $5 million to nonprofits working to end gun violence and use its platform and social networks to call on lawmakers to pass universal background checks and permanently alter its giving model to prioritize issue-based efforts of this magnitude going forward. He has he was done avoiding politics, he said. If we have this much power as business leaders, we have to use it. Yeah. Uh, that actually, when you were talking about that, it reminded me. So um, a bra company that I really like called Third Love uh, actually recently gave us some free bras completely randomly, which 
literally wearing my third love bra. <laughs> They're great. So I really like these are quality bras. But um, something that they've started or they're doing now as well because of the fires in California, they are donating bras. I don't know if it's the exact uh, if it's like you buy a bra, you give a bra, but um, to people who have basically like lost everything. Um, so that's also kind of a thing that they're doing on Black Friday. So I really do love this sort of movement of let's take Black Friday from being sort of a selfish, like crazy desperate. Because like you were saying, like you see people like trying to kill each other yeah. for a TV. Let's take <laughs> let's get rid of that. And like, let's do something to help each other instead. And I think that that's really cool and really great. Yeah, I like that. It has made the warm and fuzzies. I didn't know about any of those deals because I obviously don't do I don't do a lot of online shopping, but that's awesome. I like to see more of that. That'd yeah. be good. Come on, world. Do better. Get better. Oh, yeah. It's for every bra purchase through 1127. We'll donate a bra to the victim of the California wildfires. That's awesome. That's like one of those morale boosters that I think people don't think about. But when yeah. you've lost literally everything, just ha- feeling just having a bra of, that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't sound like a lot in, in a grand it's scheme the little of things. things. Right. Right. In those moments. And good bras no. ain't cheap. Like, that's a good donation. Yes. So, um, thank you to all the business leaders who probably aren't listening to the oh. show. But we thank you anyway uh, for what you do. And if you guys want to get involved in any of those efforts, there are plenty, as Steimer mentioned, that you can um, donate your funds to or your time to. Um, but I think this is probably going to wrap up the show. Um because I really just want to go shopping now. <laughs> I feel Let's like I need shopping. to get back. And as, a, as a friendly reminder, if you um, you know maybe forgot since the top of the show, since it was a little while ago, uh, whatsgoodgames.com slash store will take you to our Teespring merchandise store where we are offering you guys 20% off your entire purchase with code funny stuff. Now through Tuesday, November 27th, so if you have been holding off on getting a sweatshirt or a t-shirt or socks or the ladies, the leggings are in. I love mine. Um, we've got, or men, if you want to, you know, rock the leggings. Um, I really would love it if you guys check it out. If you don't buy anything, that's cool. But maybe just, you know, pick, pick a gander. Maybe Let us know what you like. would like to and see we pr- if you don't see anything you like. Yeah. Exactly. We pride ourselves on our immense ladies offering, even though we know um, a lot of uh, you out there listening, obviously, are um, of the male variety. That's totally fine. We love dudes. Dudes are are great. Andrea, you missed a reference and made me sad inside because we have matching pajamas of this thing. I was like, Uh-oh. outlet shopping. <laughs> Change of plans. Nope. You're not going to get it. It's super. It's like a really fucking obscure Daria reference. Oh, are you talking about our yes, matching Daria, our pajamas. Daria pajamas? I totally missed the reference. And like don't, the girls. I forgot what they were called already, but eh. we're driving to something else like the game or something. And then they're like. Oh my god, there's an outlet mall. She's like, outlet shopping! Change of plans. And like instead of going to the thing they're supposed to go to, they go shopping. So. That, that seems like something yes. you and I would do. 100%. And then we drag Brittany with and be like, let's all get dresses and we all yeah, match to shave my legs first. Well, that's a thing we can do. <laughs> all right. I mean, have to, in air Just quotes. Just put tights on. 
That's why we invented pantyhose. But then the leg hairs when they poke through the tights. Wait, is that why pantyhose <laughs> <Nope>. were invented? <laughs> uh, girling is hard. <sighs> Steimer, you could have just said yes and I would have I, I know, but I'm not trying to fool you out here. Thanks, Steimer. <laughs> That's kind of you. Um, we hope you, you guys have had a wonderful Thanksgiving um, with your family and your friends. And you guys are getting some great deals if you're shopping and having a lovely weekend in general. We love and appreciate you guys. And if you missed Thank You Patrons Day, which was on Monday, we recorded a special little video for everybody at patreon.com slash what's good games. And again, as a reminder, you get even a deeper discount on our Black Friday deal. Um, and we just want to say we love you guys and you're great. And we're going to be finalizing the day for the happy hour Q&A very soon, but it will be either Monday, December 10th or Tuesday, December 11th. So kind of keep those in your uh, calendar for now. But... Thank you again, everybody. Have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever it may take you. Tricky and call. we'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> oh, my God. Turkey. Oh.